Climbing over rocky mountains, skipping rivulet and fountain, passing where the willows quiver, passing where the willows quiver by the ever rolling river, strolling with the summer rain, the summer rain. Okay, that's it. Daisies, scaling rough. Okay, that was it in the sense that it's very much not it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know I was going to keep going. Hi, welcome back. It is, oh, it's so beautiful out now. How beautifully blue the sky. As we, as you are listening <clears throat> to this, uh, I don't even know. We don't know anymore. We don't, we don't know, know when we're I listening to this. I think this is this. end of September. I think this I is. This was, I thought this was the October 15th one. It's either that or the yes. September. I think our is next, it... our next one will be our correct. Halloween, I believe. Spooky, mm. spooky time. It is, it is near the spooky time. And so we have picked a pirate's. Perfect. That's true. Classic Halloween costume. Classic Halloween costume for mm. kids and mm-hmm. adults. And adults alike. Yeah. Everyone can um, enjoy pirates. Honestly, we're going to have to discuss how this this production might have brought pirates back to the forefront of culture. Mm-hmm. Oh, the it, cultural impact of pirates. But Molly, how are you? I'm great. The summer camp that I've been running for the last nine weeks has wrapped up. So I'm it's just, a doing, it's just a wrap. doing, yeah, wrap, wrapping up the summer type stuff. But I am not responsible for any children this whole week, which is lovely. Oh, isn't That's that great. Nice? Mm-hmm. And we are not yet in San Diego, but soon You're to be. Yet. I will almost definitely, by the time this is released, be living yeah. in San Diego. Yeah. God, do you have, God forbid do you, anything happens. Do you have anything that you would want to tell yourself as you listen to this, the time of the release? You're so past Molly yeah. to tell What's, what's future Molly need to hear? Mm. Or remind mm. her. Mm-hmm. You Wear know, sunscreen. Wear I sunscreen. have been... <laughs> it's a big change. It's a big transition to make this big of a move. And I've been like equal parts excited and nervous I feel like and I just mm-hmm. decided like a week ago I'm just gonna be delusionally excited and I'm gonna stop Great. worrying about anything yep. yeah. so I just I hope that I'm just still in that phase that's yeah. my hope for future me is that we're just enjoying it and we're like not worried about what a big decision we've made absolutely it's honestly big Adam and RJ like when we moved to Orlando and we're just like we're fully prepared it doesn't matter actually we'll fully not at there. all because you were there to like do a program and like whatever and i'm just sort of like i think i'm well, gonna that's... move here so it's okay, like so, pretty different so vibe. maybe so maybe adam and not me i was yeah. fully parking cars but adam was like i'll feel it out yeah, yeah. It out. i didn't have anything it's fine. that's what everybody says always only move if you can park cars ah you got it's the classic saying yeah I love that idiom. I love it. It's in Other oh, Places You'll Go. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm, the, it's right at the mm-hmm. end. It's my favorite page of Other oh, Places You'll Go. RJ, before we move on into the episode, I would like to check in for an RJ medical moment. Beep, 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 beep. Any news on so the I've been, front? I've been keeping a tracker of just like, I check it off when I don't have like either a foot flare or a migraine. So as of this recording, I'm 28 days migraine free. Hey! And uh, seven days foot flare free. I had a slight flare seven days ago, but I was able to like control it right away well enough that I could eat dim sum that night and go out. So that was that. That night. was yeah. that day. Yeah. So I feel like prepared now. Like if I something made our day walk happen, so much that day. You can't. You can't eat dim sum. <laughs> well, like we could, I could. We went outside. We went out. So like had to. Oh, like, okay, went out to get the dim sum. Yes, okay. went out. Like yeah. 
walk from yeah well he yeah. eats with his feet i don't know yeah i don't know oh i, I don't think uh, i'm only dim sum only dim sum. yes only yeah. when it comes to dim sum traditional mm-hmm. way of okay gotcha. yeah, absolutely <laughs> i love i love my hot feet in the steamer basket oh, God. <laughs> picking up dumplings it's like the worst food to eat <laughs> i guess uh, something very saucy would be worse uh, like yeah, a, yeah. like an indian dish i guess would yeah be listen it, dep- it depends on who you're asking some people i think uh depends on what you're looking for out of right, the situation. Right, right, right. yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are we asking Quentin Tarantino? Because I'm oh, sure he, oh, <laughs> he's he got a preference. He does. And it's always dirty feet. It's a running through line in his film. Ugh. It's very weird. Okay. okay. <laughs> RJ, um, now that you're healed and migraine free, you should be able to, ready. within a minute or less, <laughs> oh my God. quickly summarize Briskly. the plot of a very simple musical. Very simple. Do you know what? I think, RJ, I think the goal for this one, if we're not going to make it in a minute, because I just don't think we are, I think we should go for the, the even pacing. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go yeah, for yeah. the even pacing, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> All right, your time starts now. Baby Frederick and his nurse Ruth live in a ship serving the Pirate King, the leader of the infamous Pirates of Penzance, a crew that pillages and wreaks havoc unless it is a fellow orphan like themselves. When he turns 21 and is free of servitude, he decides to leave the pirate life and wed the only woman in his life, Ruth. He discovers maidens and quickly leaves Ruth behind. The maidens are first afraid of him, but the beautiful Mabel pities him and decides to marry him so he can be set on a virtuous path. But the pirates come, and they try to pillage the women, but the maiden's father, the Major General, comes to save them by telling a lie that he's also an orphan. Later, the Major General has a heavy heart that he lied, and the Pirate King and Ruth, now a pirate, tells Frederick that because of his leap year birth, he is four years old and therefore still under pirate duty. As a pirate again, he tells the Pirate King that the Major General is not in fact an orphan, so the pirates attempt to get revenge. The Keystone Cops protecting the town also try to fight the pirates, and chaos ensues in their little town, but everyone finds common ground in their duty to the queen. So all is forgiven. Mabel and Frederick can wed, and so do everyone else. Was that a minute? I think it might have been right Just on. Just right on the cusp. I, I looked at it. Was, it was 13 when he started, when I looked at it. And it was 12 when he ended. Okay. I think he did it in time. Okay. RJ, I, I thought you were, I didn't realize you didn't cut your previous drafts from the. Yeah. Oh, so you thought that all of this. I thought was... all of that. And I was like, okay. okay if that's girl. what you want, girl. All right. Okay, girl. But that was like, that was amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. I think I was still, so I wrote a first draft doing a bit that it's centered around Ruth and I, I hit a standstill because it is not like, centered around just Ruth. Just like, yes, because it's not centered because, around Spoiler Ruth. alert, it's not about Ruth. And then I looked at Adam and I was like, I think I have to write it centered around Frederick. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> and that, honestly, it wrote itself after that. So. I would, wow. I would quibble with a couple of facts in your in your yes. summary however this is definitely that... like peanut butter in my mouth trying to remember like um sh- it was something with this and yeah trying to <laughs> yeah, re- remember the movie he barely watched last it's important one is that is that they do not try to pillage the maidens i don't even know if you can pillage a person but i was yeah it's that I... they want to marry them because that's the them. whole joke is that you think the pirates are going to rape them but their whole thing is they're, they're like call they a want... person well, all that i want is matrimony yes so that's yeah. a difference and then also he is not four years old, so he's only had four birthdays. That's very important. He's five yes. years old and a little five bit and a little older. Bit five and a little over. He's Something had like that. Five, five birthdays. So he is 21 years old, but he's had five birthdays, and the contract is written so that it is on his 21st birthday, birthday. not when he is 25 years old. Therefore, right. the paradox that he is in. A paradox, Therefore, a paradox, a paradox, a genius paradox. Ha, 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 
I think definitely helped. So thank you. My, I think you were truly my inspired linguistics by coach M- Molly. Thank okay. you so much. Molly, I Voice thought it was dialect. the Major dialect. General, honey. <laughs> oh, I was, you yes, got it. I yes, was inspired. Inspiration. Oh. I am a very model of a person who summarizes things. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I have to start by saying that I have been in this. I was in I was in the pirate chorus. Mm. Um, junior year in high school, it was our we did a winter sh- musical and a summer or a spring musical. So this was our winter musical. Um, there were too many of us in the cast. Famously, we never said no to casting people. So. I believe there were 90, 90 of us in the cast. Um, just a tight 90. A, t- a tight, tight 90. 90. Um, you know, just a simple black box play, honestly. Right. And in <laughs> in the spirit of many high school productions, uh, I'm sure with Pirates of Penzance, um, girls played many of the roles oh, that yeah. were not intended for girls. Not mm-hmm. the principals, obviously, but like half the pirates. I'm pretty sure most of the Keystone Cops. Which honestly, while watching this one, I was like, I kept being like, "Are those the maidens?" <laughs> Something about them. I was there like, there were a couple <laughs> cops that I was like, I think it might be a woman that's playing that cop, but that's awesome, great, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a great show to be in. It's a lot of fun. If you ever have a chance to be in yeah. your local community production, I mm-hmm. recommend. So um, I will say, Adam was obnoxious when watching this. So obnoxious, and I do not regret it at all. <laughs> Singing along, karaoke, mic, yeah. you know. <laughs> I'm holding a mic in front of me, and yet I yeah, panto holding a mic. Great. <laughs> the art of panto. The art of panto. I I um today uh had to like I was like hosting a Zoom session that was dropped by, so mostly nobody was coming. So I was there with my boss, and I told her that I had with cat like tread stuck in my head, and then I would just like start to s- quietly hum it. <laughs> um. Honestly, yeah. But ironically, this is at a time when I was like very convinced that because I was a tenor, all tenor roles. Should have been. Oh mine. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I wanted like, to be Frederick, Frederick, and now watching it, I'm like, I should have been the chief Keystone cop in a way that's like very clear. But yeah, um, it wasn't. Alas, a lack and alas, it was not the moment for me. But I still had fun. It was a great show. RJ. So I just kind of like generally knew that Gilbert and Sullivan like was famous for operettas and patter songs, um, and so I didn't really see. Parts of Penzance until we were in musical theater repertory class in college, and the first, uh, the first like genre that we did were Gil- Gilbert and Sullivan songs. Adam and I sang, uh, performed a song from Mikado, but like just during that time, Adam was like, "Ah, oh, my God, you're gonna love Pirates of Penzance." So we watched it. Mm-hmm. I think it was on Netflix at the time. Uh, I think so yeah, and we watched it, and I, I like fell asleep during Act Two. Sure did, but. Act two is weak. Act two, I'll two just is say weak. it. I told yeah. Adam, I was like, they blew, they blew all their load in Act One. Like the bops are just all in Act. Every one. song in Act One is a bop. It's great. Yeah, it slays. So Gilbert and Sullivan, the original Beyonce. Oh <laughs> That's what they're known as. That's, That's what they're, what they're known, known as. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was really my my the first time I saw this. But I will say, in high school, I also was in an acting musical theater class. And all the boys learned with Cat Like Tread. And so I knew mm-hmm. that number and performed that for like our final or whatever. So cool. Yeah. Molly. 
So I can't believe this is the first time that this has come up, but we did this show at Light Opera Works when I worked there the summer after we all graduated from college, which was probably the most formative employment that I've ever had. So I was working as one of the three. Camp kids caught dead. Wow. (laughs) No, it was so I had finished college. I didn't think I wanted to be in education at all with drama. And I worked at this camp where there were three um, like full staff, there was a stage manager, a choreographer, director, and then a music director. And then there were three, like, I don't think we were interns, but we were like, just like new, fresh out of college, no, like hi, staff yeah. that sort of our job was mostly like kid support versus like directing the shows. Wranglers. Yeah. We were the, we were the kid wranglers and we would do like 90 minute, not 90 minute, 30 minute or hour long um, musicals. We would put them on over the course of a week. And it would just be, it was like eight to 12 year olds and they would like switch off roles. So we would have like 12 different Fredericks over the course of of a musical, right? And they would have like a a hat or something that would signify that character that they would like pass over so that everybody got their like sunshine, the spotlight. That's the word I wanted. Moment in the the sunshine. (laughs) Anyway. Um, and it was the best job I ever had because it made me realize that I wanted to do drama education. And so it is the thing that set me on the path that I am now on. So it is not in slight of all of the children that I worked with. I have worked with since. Which was, which is, by the way, because I was preparing an impact report today, 543 children. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we did this. It was so fun. I believe Light Opera Works is now rebranded to Music Theater Works, which is like a bummer because Light Opera is like a way better name. And it's so fun that this was an actual Light Opera that I did there. Uh, But my favorite part of it was that my like favorite camper all summer, who is this amazing kid who was like, I want to say seven. And he was like kind of a genius and he could speak multiple languages. He would speak like Russian with his nanny. Um, But he also had a speech impediment where he couldn't say his R's. Uh. And he got cast as the Pirate King. And so he had this whole speech where he was like, we sure will miss you, Fwetowick. And it was (laughs) the cutest thing I've ever seen. And so, um, yes, I always think of him and him saying Fwetowick every time. His Russian had to be cute too, because I feel like Russian is a very hard R language. I for sure don't know nearly <laughs> as much of anything about Russian to make mm. even the beginning of a comment on that. Yekaterina mm. Petrovna Zamolodzikova. <laughs> but your dad just calls me Katya. Katya. Katwa. <laughs> Katwa. Katwa. <laughs> um, uh, Molly, you've written a note on our little, on our little, I what, sure have. what's going on? I think it would be fun to do a little game okay. before we get into <laughs> <laughs> the background uh, because this is such an iconic little operetta that we all know so well that we all have to guess the favorite songs of our fellow co-hosts. <laughs> no one's going to get mine, but okay. 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 I think Molly's is Major General. I no. Am. No. Because I think she respects the craft. <laughs> Of of the patter. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think she likes Major General. I don't think anyone's favorite song is Major General. I think it's too 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 giving us hints. Too thing around. No. Yeah, you I'm only saying say titles, which means not yours. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying titles so we can like figure out through context clues. Oh, I, think I am a poker player. You certainly will not be figuring it out. I think it's <laughs> my reactions. My guess is that Molly's favorite song because. Kevin Klein is a sleigh in this movie. Mm. And we there's no way we're walking away from this conversation not all agreeing on that. Yeah. Um, Just absolutely slobbering over Kevin Klein. <laughs> well, well, the director told him 
to play a pirate and he heard slay a pirate and that's what he did yeah so and i think so i think molly's favorite song is um pirate king mm-hmm. i am a pirate king <laughs> molly what's the answer do, yeah do i reveal it now yeah yeah, yeah. My favorite song is Cat Like Tread. Oh, wow. You said you were humming it, I so I actually should have humming it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I was thrown off Absolutely by your comment earlier that you thought all the songs in Act One were the good ones. Yes. So. A classic red herring. There's, the there's classic one, Molly one red herring. Huge <laughs> exception to that, which is Cat Like Tread. Cat, uh, I will say, having been in it, Cat Like Tread is the best, the best song to oh, yeah. you do. Yeah. It's yeah. so much fun. Oh, because the, the part of what to know about Light Opera Works is that we would have, we would do a few musicals and we have like a week off where we would learn all the music for all of the upcoming ones so that we could be there and help the kids learn it. Oh, and so cute. I got to learn all of the music in it as part of that job. So mm. because wow. it is so fun to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, RJ, RJ, I think I I really think it could be climbing over Rocky Mountains. Hmm. Um, I'm thinking of the other songs, and I think that's the that's the one I think I'm gonna go with. So we know that RJ loves a chorus number. It's this, true. This is a known fact. Known fact. So I feel like it's got to be. There's three real options, which is Pirate King, Tarantara, mm-hmm. or Cat Like Tread. Oh. I want to say Cat Like Tread because it's my favorite, so it makes the most sense to me, but I want to, I, for variety, I'm going to go for Pirate King. Mm. RJ? Uh, I, I'm right, aren't I? It is climbing over Rocky Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> it is, I want to be a maiden. I want to play all the all the maidens. I love it. I will say uh, Paradox is a tight number two, because mm. I also love just- We're going to have to talk about Paradox. Very, not- Chorus. Very not yeah. chorus. Right. I feel like it's my favorite character driven song. It's also not original to Pirates of the <gasps> oh, oh, gasp. It's a little spoiler. A little spoiler. Coming up. So yeah, I was it's it's climbing for me. It's the girls for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I love I love K pop girl groups and you know mm-hmm. <laughs> the originators of girls. I was gonna say climbing for Adam. For Adam. I thought yeah. that was definitely my totally... favorite. Since you get to pick the opening song. So I thought that that was, but then you also said that we weren't going to get it. So I feel like it's got to be a deeper cut. Yeah. I think because Adam is such a little, little slut for an ingenue song. I think it's poor wandering one. Mm. I'm I'm wondering if it could be. Yeah. Especially the way you just reacted. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Because Adam, Um, Adam, uh, like many Midwestern gay men like himself has like a idolization on. Are you going to like pull some sort of a stunt where you're going to be like, (laughs) it is only the reprise or something? (laughs) <laughs> the, the little tag at the end of the show. So, There's a 12 second uh, piece of piano. Just, just when she's trilling along with the like off the bird, stage yeah, bird or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I have two answers. So my original, my original real Classic. answer is a song that they did not put in the film. So it's in the show. Oh, it's okay. How Beautifully Blew the Sky. And it's right after... Um, she sings Poor Wandering One. They kind of like fall in love very quickly. Classic operetta. And they're doing like a little love moment. And the sisters are all in the back pretending to like watch the like. The sky. The ocean and the sky. But like, they're actually like listening cute, in on the conversation. Cute, cute. It's oh, very okay. cute. So they have like this really quick. The sisters have this really quick patter song. And then it goes to like this slow melody for the two of them. And it bounces back and forth. It's very fun. Um, it is not in the movie, unfortunately. So yes, my favorite in the movie is Poor Wandering One because yeah. Linda Ronstadt. Linda Ronstadt. Ace. Oh my God! Ace. You left no crumbs. 
That said, it's gone, honey. Uh, honey, honey. Oh my god, I cannot talk to that. Perfect. What a day to do a pod. I know. What a day to do a podcast when I cannot speak. This is fun. I liked this little game. I don't know if it would work for every um, movie because I, girl, we all have to. You, we all have to be unified, and I feel like an excitement for the. For yeah. The yeah, yeah. What was the last one where I was like, I don't know any across the universe. Oh, girl. Well, <laughs> a Beatles. Beatles. A, a Beatle. How could you ever heard a Beatles song before? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's an impossible task. I can't wait for the the fan mail, the hate mail that we'll get of like, you don't know this one. I think honestly, most people would not be shocked that we are not very yeah. well versed. Also, in honestly, lore. if someone sent us a single email, I would be so, <laughs> so thrilled. Regardless of the content, <laughs> thrilled. I will say when if I post- somebody left a review, I'd be thrilled. <laughs> I will say once I did when we were watching the movie and I posted a story that it'll be a showgaze episode. Someone did say, "Oh no, I unironically loved Across the Universe," and I was like, "Yeah, I know." I, I I'm there. I'm there to represent them. Yeah. 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 We got all. It takes all kinds. It takes all mm. kinds. Mm-hmm. The the right ones and the wrong ones. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about Pirates of Penzance. So we I haven't really yet. So let's... we haven't really discussed. I was under the assumption. That Molly was gonna school oh, us, my and so now I'm gonna drag her publicly on this podcast. Oh my god! Because she was like, "I've got the history, girly," and I said, "My by all means, don't even I love the receipts." <laughs> She's she, and she, I quote, "I've got it, girly." Don't even, don't even, don't even look. No, no, no. Don't even no, no, think no. about looking at Gilbert and or Sullivan because I've got her in the bag. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's giving I cover, research. I said, <laughs> I can cover the Gilbert and Sullivan stuff if you want to cover the production history for the movie. That does not mean I have an entire segment prepared in order to explain well, Gilbert and Sullivan. It's funny because Adam was like, so I, we were like trying to like talk through like how to do that. And we were like, I think that means. I just focus on the, focus the on the production, production the 1980 Yeah, movie. And she'll do like the brief like explanation of. No, like, I thought, okay. I thought that when we first started this podcast, the agreement was <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> bring back, back in the bring, history. Bring back the napkins from Sidetrack where we wrote our notes. <laughs> I thought that the deal was that you were going to cover like how the movie got made information versus which is, I would which do I more have. like did, which did, further yeah. back. You said the yeah. nineteen eighty New York production. That's not the movie. Well, that's I have the move the production that leads into the film. Gotcha. Because okay. this is straight pulled from a actual production. an actual production. Great. See, I don't know that because I didn't read the movie. But I will tell you a little bit about Gilbert and Sullivan for all of our operetta newbies, okay? Okay, okay thank you. Thank you. Okay. Doily Cart. Doily huh? Cart, thank you. So, <laughs> Gilbert is a lyricist and humorist, and Sullivan is the composer who were brought together by, I think it was Richard Doily Cart, who was a producer at the time, whose whole deal was like, I want to make opera as popular in England as it is in France. So he Mm. paired the two together. They wrote 14 uh, operettas or light operas together, which are distinct from operas in that there are spoken segments in between the music. And they're generally considered sort of the bridge between opera and music, musical uh, musical theater that we now, as we now have it. So it sort of sits right in between those two things. And it's distinctive because of the fact that people talk, but also the fact that it is more comedic. It's a lot less serious than Mm. Most operas are. Obviously, there are some more comic operas as well, but this is 
lighter and more absurd than even sort of the most comic comic operas that exist. So it's like bending the genre in that way. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of their stuff was really making fun of British aristocracy and their um, like particular hangups and foibles. And they would sort of take these ideas and take them to their most absurd conclusion to make it uh, clear to you how silly some of the concepts of things like duty were. So like in this um, particular example, Frederick's whole deal is like when I am um, <laughs> underneath the care of the pirates, what's the word for what he is? When he's, he's apprentice. apprentice. When he's apprentice to the pirates, he's like, I have to be totally loyal to the people who I've apprenticed to. Mm -hmm. I'm going to always act in your best interest. But the moment I turn 21 and I'm not apprenticed to you anymore, then my whole entire duty is going to be to scourge the earth of you and to um, entirely end your careers. And so that idea that somebody could be like that um, switch to quick on a dime, that they would be that devoted to their duty, um, that kind of thing was what they were making fun of. And also the idea that the pirates would have such a such a high code of honor that yeah. they would maintain things like for instance just loving the queen so much that just invoking her name would immediately resolve <laughs> all of the um plots so that was their whole deal and i can tell you a little bit more specifically now about pirates of penzance do you feel adam have i have i done well have that's, i that's that's great enough? molly thank you so much yes um great Nan is so, very appreciative that you explained that yeah. to us. yes um so what's interesting about Pirates is that uh, the opera that they had written just before this, or operetta, was HMS Pinafore. And Pinafore is known for having this huge craze around it um, where everybody was doing it. But more importantly, many people were pirating Pinafore. Many of them were not paying rights or like doing the actual mm. production. They were doing knockoff versions basically of Pinafore. And that was because the idea of intellectual property and like you would actually need to do the proper version kind of hadn't quite come to fruition yet. And so it was actually Gilbert and Sullivan were very integral and in kind of like establishing some of our modern copyright concepts mm. because they were upset about this. And you can see at the very beginning of this movie, when it first opens, we actually see um, like a marquee with HMS Pinafore on it. And you can see there's a British flag with Queen Victoria and then an American flag with some old president, whoever was president at the time, I'm sure, um, and that they're playing HMS Pinafore. And that was a reference to the fact that when Gilbert and Sullivan came over to America at the height of the Pinafore craze, they were met by a bunch of ships that were like waving British and American flags and playing pirated versions of HMS Pinafore songs. <laughs> and so there was like no shame in the idea that we're ripping you off. It was like, hooray, do, do you want to come see how we like made a bunch of money off of your music without you benefiting in any way? Isn't this a fun time? Um, so it's a reference to that. And the author of the article that I read for today's podcast, because I did read an article. Okay, I'm not falling down on my responsibilities here. Thank you very much. Um, talked about the fact that or like speculated like maybe this gave them the idea to write something about piracy but it's very much like a literary piracy it's like a by the book by the law kind of piracy um and that maybe they that what was on their mind was the idea of stealing um sort of concepts and words from people rather than pillaging actual uh, valuable objects so um mm. that's one piece of info and then the other really interesting thing i learned is that uh, the libretti of the operettas used to be published ahead of time. And that was often like people's first and sometimes only interaction with the operetta was the publication of the lyrics for it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really sort of like a, a literary first genre at this time that everyone would have these pamphlets and you would actually bring it with you to the theater and you would read along 
as oh. it was happening. Um, so there are like reviews at the time where they talk about the fact that the music would get like interrupted by the crowd all turning oh. their pages together. <laughs> um, so I watched this with captions, which I often do anyway, but I tried to like very much make sure that I had captions on for this one because I was like, well, I need to get the full 1880s experience <laughs> where I have the words up, which I feel like does explain to me a lot of like so much of Gilbert and Sullivan is the wordplay. Oh and my so God. knowing that the intention, like how they imagined it being consumed was with the words in front of you makes a lot of sense right. because yeah. that is so central to what is enjoyable about the musical. It's so, it's so, uh, so I won't even get into it yet, but it's, it's, it is wonderful to like, in your head like try to catch up to what they're doing mm -hmm. especially like major general which is already doing something at a pace which is like unparalleled and then like the jokes within it are also very like funny they are very british to me in that it's like you have to think about it to like find it funny but mm -hmm. it's great takes takes a while one more piece of information mm -hmm. that i will reference my doctoral dissertation since Work, i decided to, to call my research into question <laughs> that um <laughs> Oily Cart is a theater in the UK, specifically London, that are the pioneers of sensory theater, which is the topic that I wrote my oh, dissertation on. And they oh. are named in honor of Doily Cart, the producer that put Gilbert and Sullivan together. Don't do any light opera. Not totally sure why that that was what they decided I to make their the name. name. Yeah. But they were founded in the 70s as just like a theater for the very young um, company. And so I think maybe just that spirit of play in Gilbert and Sullivan would be my guess as to mm. what they were trying to reference. So Fun. everyone look up Oily Cart and then come read my dissertation. Thanks. Adam, didn't you see like a fun, playful Pirates of Penzance? I saw a production in Chicago back in college, oh God, and I truly do not remember which theater company didn't, did it. It's the one that I love does that you like said the... a playful version of it versus of the very of the very Stodgy. serious. Stodgy. Um, yeah, it was a there was an immersive show from yes. that, that one company that yes, does all the immersive that does, shows that mm -hmm. does the different Gilbert and Sullivan's. I know. I thought it, there, there was because it didn't. Didn't they also do Twelfth Night that we saw? I didn't. I didn't see Twelfth Night. I just remembered the. I don't remember which theater company did it, and that's that's my bad. I should have like double checked. But it was like um, four. It's just like a small cast, right? Yeah, there were maybe twelve total. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it was very small. It was very good. It was hypocrites. in like hypocrites. 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 I was like rattlesticks, something like that. Yeah, the rattlesticks. <laughs> the rat yeah, the old, company. the old rattlesticks. That's, that's my favorite password to get into the Gryffindor common room. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they were. It was a very good show. Um, it's very fun. They did it with like ukuleles. They did not do like a full oh. instrumentation. So ukuleles like, I saw this too. Big... Did we not see it together? I did not. RJ see it. did not see I it. I think you. But I, you know, and but I, probably... I saw it. Yeah. Was it freshman year? Or no, I think we were older than that. Yeah. Did we have to watch a show for DSTP? That wasn't it. Or people chose different shows to see. My memory of going to see it was that it was we like weren't in later. The same DSTP. We were just into. I think we were just. Uh, like we just liked the hypocrites in immersive theater. I think we just saw it for fun because we wanted to, not because yeah. it was signed. I know there was a group. I know Angela went. I remember Angela was there. Because I think Lee did lights for that, or someone we knew worked with. He was super involved, but, I think, yeah, with the hypocrites. Yeah. So it yeah suggested we go see their shows. Director of theater Lee. Lee. Mm -hmm. um, the only thing that I want to tag on to the original production of Pirates of Penzance. Um, just in like my brief skimming by as I looked for the 1980 production, was it actually opened in New York first, and then it opened in London mm, the following ah. year. Also, the year it opened, RJ, would you like to take a guess? Original Pirates of Penzance? Molly probably could have a range, but I wanted she to She said 1880-something. Is that close? 19... I was... 
1879. Oh, I was guessing because they got together in 1871 and had written Mm -hmm. several shows before it. So I was approximating 1880s, but I was pretty close. Well, you know, back then when they didn't have anything else to do, they probably just cranked out one every like six months to be honest. Oh, true. (laughs) Very easy to write this kind of work. So I'm sure it's going to be very long. Um, Great. So the 1980 New York production was produced by Joseph Papp and the Public Theater. Um, It premiered at Shakespeare in the Park, which is the annual summertime um, theater, not festival, but like theater thing that happens in Central Park. And it's It's free. Friedrich wants to talk. Excuse me. Let me. He's mad because we keep saying Frederick. That's true. Friedrich, come here. Come here. You got so mad at me when I visited you in Florida and I called him Frederick. I didn't mean to. You should have called him Fwedwick. 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 Would have been better. Um, yeah, Shakespeare in the Park, I think it's just, I think it just is an outdoor theater that just does productions every summer, right? But yeah. is it always the public theater that does I th- it? I think I it does. I think the public so. is the producing art, yeah. And yeah. I, the they've done a lot of famous ones, but like there was the... Um, and it's free. Yes. Um, there's the, there's a televised, or like a, a pro shot version of, the, um, oh my God. The Shakespeare one. With oh, we just saw it. The two. Ago. Daniel Brooks. Oh, my God. The two. I don't know why. You're... You got to tell me more about the, the plot uh, and not who was in it's it. It's the guy and the girl. They hate each other, They sit, but they end up being Much together. Much Ado About Nothing. Much Ado. Thank you. There's the Much Ado. There was the Into the Woods. It's also the plot of Taming of the Shrew, to be fair. <laughs> but but Much Ado is famous for the bickering that they have yes. Yes. in a different way than Taming of the Shrew. Yeah. Different <laughs> vibe. Um, they did the, like, the Into the Woods with Donna Murphy. They did the... Um, Hercules. That was yeah, they, yeah they, they also did. Um, they were like, I think they did Hamilton before it was actually on Broadway. Broadway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that wasn't Shakespeare yeah. in the Park, but yes, Public Theater did. The Public Theater, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was such a success um, that they ended up transferring it to Broadway in 1981, in January of 1981. And it lasted for 787 performances, wow. which is for a Gilbert and Sullivan piece. Yeah. That's, you're not paying rights to anybody. Uh, listen, it's pretty crazy. Listen, bringing it in, yeah. Um, but <laughs> it was, producer's dream. <laughs> it was nominated at the Tonys in 1981 for seven Tony Awards, and it won three. So it was nominated for Best Leading Actor for The Major General, Best Leading Actress for Linda Ronstadt, Best Featured Actor for the um, Keystone Cop, Best Choreography, and then it won Best Direction. And the director also directs the film. Um, Best Leading Actor for Kevin Klein and Best Revival. So wow. she walked away with some awards. Linda Ronstadt's only Broadway appearance. This is her only bro- Tony nomination. This is her only film role. This is iconic. This is so, <laughs> what's so crazy to me about Linda Ronstadt is she's such an 80s legend. Yes. Yeah. And then by the time we exist in the 90s, she kind of has disappeared. Yeah. Like she was you know like, I mean? I'm doing my like, Latin like Celine play. Dion came in and we yes. were all like, ah, we've now moved to Canada. And yeah, that she's was, like, that let me just make my like my my Latin music in New Mexico, and I'm I'm good to go. Yeah, she's and a- I feel like, I mean, maybe I just don't know enough about her pop career, but like, I feel like this like hyper soprano thing is not was not no. her musical no. style at it all. It was like it's almost it's like almost folk, like but with a little bit yeah. of like a, a pop beat to it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I read a thing that she only she knew HMS Pinafore and really liked Pinafore. Like she knew that show, but she had never heard of the Pirates of Penzance before being asked to be in 
beyond wow. it. Wow. Which is so cool. Do you know what is actually wild though? Is that I've never seen Pinafore. I don't even know what it's about. I've never I seen Pinafore never either. Seen either. And that's the one that was so famous and everything. But I feel like yeah. Pirates has endured a little bit more maybe. Yeah. 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 I agree. I, I have a feeling HMS Pinafore, just literally based on the name alone, is probably more in British humor that you would have to like really be more culturally conscious of maybe also probably maybe more sexist guessing mm. Mm. you don't think there's any sexism in this one? Oh, there was not a trace what are you talking about <laughs> not at all <laughs> um so uh yes so now so then they were like well we they did they did the um run on broadway they did a run in the west end um hits they, all around they did like a tour in australia and it was like the highest attended premiere of a musical up to that point in Queensland until the Phantom of the Opera happened, which is like, it's just so funny that it's like a show that's a hundred years old at this point. Yeah. yeah. So let's move to the movie. So it's directed by Wilfred Leach. Screenplay is also by Wilfred Leach, which is, I don't understand unless it's just like the changes, I guess. Yeah. Are like just to like him. the set, just like the transitions in the set. basically the treatment so that it's a film script and then, Oh, yeah. I guess you have to write down what you're planning, how yeah. you're planning to film it and stuff. But yeah. you would think the lines are almost all the same as Gilbert yeah, it was. It was more just like putting in like what the interiors look like and like yeah. what, the, what the actions cut yeah. to cut to. Yeah. Based on Pirates of Penzance, obviously still produced by Joseph Papp, Timothy Burrill and executive produced by Edward R. Pressman. Does everybody know? I just looked this up literally 10 minutes ago before we started. Who's so Joseph more Papp than is? 10 minutes ago at this point. Um the difference between a producer and an executive producer. Isn't the executive producer? Sorry, isn't the executive producer just like the what, like the major funding source? So, I, oh, go ahead, Molly. Oh, I thought producer was kind of like a line that gave you like rights to, um, like res- residual. Like it was like a financial arrangement and also gave you some power. But executive producer was like the person who's actually at the top of the food chain, who's like in charge of stuff. That's how I've always understood it. So. I thought that I think I thought the same way Molly did because I think the word executive makes it seem like it's more important. So the producer is the most important person. The producer they're is like, like decision makers. They're like more create. They're not as creative as like the director, obviously, but they're more on that side of the world. The executive producer is the one who goes between the production and the like line holders for like funding yeah. to be like, hey, we're gonna try to do this thing, so we need a little bit more money, and then goes around and like shows off what the show's going to be so to they, get more funding for it. They they are the primary fundraiser for... Correct. Yes. Okay. And then the producer is really just like moving the... And the so in a film, if a production company, if a distributor is like also the production company, so like 20th Century Fox is producing and distributing the film, usually a top executive at 20th Century is going to be listed as the executive producer. Mm. So there you go. That's... Just fun facts for everybody, because I never knew, and now I do. It stars Kevin Klein as the Pirate King, Angela Lansbury as Ruth, Linda Ronstadt as Mabel, George Rose as the Major General, and Rex Smith as Fwedewick. The cinematography is by Douglas Slocomb. It is edited by Ann V. Coates. The music is by uh, Sullivan. The production company is St. Michael Finance Limited and timothy burrill production oh everyone needs to know that for sure we all love them we, we all love, love their work mm-hmm. um it's distributed by universal pictures um 
It was released in the United States on February 18th, 1983. Uh, it runs at 112 minutes. The fatal and- flaw. The fatal flaw. <laughs> um, and we do not have an estimation of its budget because it's so, it wasn't like a massive film anyway. Um, but I do know that it was a box office flop because it came in at $694,000 as what it made. Mm. So that's a bummer. But I bet you, you're wondering, now why? Because I don't think this movie's bad. And the critical reception for this movie is actually very positive. And it holds an 80, 81% on Rotten Tomatoes, not to spoil the critics' session. So why? Why, dear readers, is did this movie not make money? It's because they were like, well, we're going to release it in in theaters, but also... We're going to do a pandemic momi and we're going to also release it on HBO Max at the same time. <laughs> AKA we're going to release it on TV. So almost all theater owners in America boycotted the film because they were like, well, everybody's just going to want to watch it at home. They're not going to come out to see the movie. So it only had its widest release at 92 theaters. Crazy. What is, what is a, usual like a wide release how many theaters would that well be? 92 is usually a limited release right Love, like 92 would be like you're releasing it in three cities in america to gain yeah. traction to get yeah normally a- like a wide release now i don't know what a re- wide release in 1983 would be but a wide release now is like four thousand theaters okay gotcha so that's you know a bit different i would say probably that it's probably around 2000 but even still that's like a massive difference yeah um and I pulled I pulled the number two thousand right out of my butt, so you know that's why people truly don't... based on no facts. We no just... facts, yeah. and honestly, it's just all vibes on this podcast. <laughs> all vibes, and that's all important vibes. to remember. <laughs> but I thought that was very interesting and uh, strange. Um, however, um, I talked about earlier how I was like uh, Little Miss Pirates had a moment, and I just mean the genre of pirates, not this film necessarily. <laughs> So this production did so well in New York that people got excited about swashbuckling pirates again. Like this was like not had had not been a thing in like the 60s and 70s. So it kind of came back to the forefront. So 20th Century Fox heard that Universal was taking the Broadway production and making a movie of it. And they were like, we're going to do this is so stupid. We're going to beat them to the punch. And they made a movie called The Pirate Movie, which came out six months before the Pirates of Penzance film. And it is like a an adaptation of the Pirates of Penzance, but like original music. And oh. it's crazy. I, I was looking at it's apparently bad. It's apparently not good. But well, because like, they saw Pirates of Penzance and thought, let's take the music out of this. Right. But honestly, isn't it like very much like, akin to Pirates of Penzance's creation of pirating Mabel, each metaphor? Mabel is an American teenager. I don't, I like. It's quit, across the universe. I like glanced Across over, the universe for Pirates of Penzance. <laughs> I glanced over the summary and I was like, this is bonkers. So, um, you know, you never know what could show up on Showgaze one day. You just never know. No, I won't. Molly won't show up. Molly, we made you watch Mamma Mia, so I think yeah. you'll be fine. I've gone through enough. Thank you. Every year, Molly gets one Mamma Mia. We made you watch Carousel. <laughs> this can't be. This can't be harder to watch than Carousel. Um, so anyway, um, I thought that was very funny uh, because any stars? That's a great question. <laughs> Um, so the chorus in this film are all British actors, like the people who are not. If you, I don't know if you noticed in the um, credits for the film, but it was like 
this character was this person sung by another oh, person and it yeah. was like but they're not even like important so why didn't you just have them play but why didn't you just find just... a singer yeah so the voices are the entire broadway cast but because they filmed this in london they only brought over the leads so everybody is lip syncing to people that are Whoa. not them, which is like wild yeah and i feel like probably could have been solved a better way but whatever i guess uh, allegedly, John Travolta lost out to Kevin Kline for the Pirate King. Good. Rightly. <laughs> um, it doesn't really make sense to me why this would have happened. Um, I mean, I guess it makes sense in that, like, John Travolta was, at this point, Greece was the biggest... But was it because the the, all time, but... this is, like, to do the film version? They were like, Correct. instead of taking Kevin, who did it in on Broadway, let's do John for the, a star. Correct. Okay. Well, and we know the other Greece connection, right? Um, oh, Rex. Yes. Did so guy, yeah. Rex Smith, who plays Frederick, was the original Danny Zuko. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. On Broadway. On Broadway. Um, but that didn't happen in Kevin Klein. It lives on in celluloid to this day in this film. Absolutely. One of the greatest <laughs> decisions ever made. Um, this is a quote I really liked from Wilfred Leach, who was the director. He said, this might be a silent film comedy that suddenly bursts into song. Buster Keaton, Harold Lloyd, Jacques Tati, and Lillian Gish would all be at home here. This is a world without cynicism. There's no one in it we would not like to have to dinner. I just thought that was very, like, this wow, is such the, so the, sweet. It's yeah. such the charm of this movie is that yeah. it's like so fake and not real that it's like everyone's yeah. just playing. It's fun. There was a moment where Adam was like, this is a cartoon. This is the It's the closest, closest to a is. real live action cartoon. And I, I don't know how While I was, I was watching it, it was like, I really want to watch this with my seven-year-old nephew because I feel like, uh, shoot, is he still six? My six-year-old nephew. Um, wow. Uh, I know. It's because he seems so advanced. Well, who yeah. knows? By the time this comes out, how old he'll be. Really close to seven, but not really. <laughs> there you go. There you um, go. <laughs> uh, that I was like, I feel like that's like the perfect age to watch this because it's like you're just starting, I feel like, to watch things that aren't cartoon TV, but that's mm-hmm. still like your primary reference for media. Um, yeah, it's such a delightfully absurd world. Yeah. This whole and everyone in. is so broad. There's not a straight character yeah. in this. Like, everyone is so big. And yet again, filming a movie musical that looks like it's on a set. That's always the way wins. that you do so it. So good, wins. so funny. Just yeah. like you're immediately like, We're I'm leaning sold. in. Yeah, like yeah. I don't have to like try to convince my brain. Any also, the painted drops are not. They. It was like very clear <laughs> they didn't even try to make them look realistic. Like it's like we want them to look like you're on a set. The That's cliffs, the whole point. The cliffs yeah. look like enoki mushrooms. Those like really tall mushrooms. Oh like, yes, yeah. they like come in bunches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so here's a little rundown of all the films that were in theaters the week Pirates of Penzance Oof. came out. Um, because famously, it did so poorly that it basically was only out for like two weeks or something like that. Except for one theater, apparently in Washington, D.C., where it ran for like six straight months. Oh, good for her. Because, yes. Because it was like in their favorite movie. Absolutely. In yes. yes. So. Um, I'm going to do this quickly because there's too many films. But Pirates of Penzance was number 14. Number 13, An Officer and a Gentleman. Number 12, The Year of Living Dangerously. Number 11, The Entity. Number 10, The Verdict. Number 9, Without a Trace. Number 8, E.T. Again, another. she reappears in this podcast. Is that the 37th week? Is that what that means? Do you remember what those I don't remember mean? what okay. that is. 
Uh, number seven, Sophie's Choice. Heard of her? <laughs> uh, number six, 48 Hours. Number five, The Lords of Discipline. Number four, Lovesick. Number three, The Sting 2, which is a movie I didn't know had a sequel. I didn't know nope. The Sting, Academy Award winning film, had a sequel. Um, stung. The, the Stung. <laughs> uh, number two, Gandhi. And number oh. one, Tootsie. Oh, you know, just two girls. Just two girls, Tootsie and Gandhi. <laughs> Tootsie is the one where Dustin Hoffman plays a woman. Correct. Mm-hmm. And Gandhi is the one where um, Gandhi is played by a white man. Correct. Isn't it Ben Kingsley? Yeah. Ben Kingsley has, has Indian heritage. <gasps> oh, good for him. Okay. I feel a little He's less... mixed. Maybe there's yeah. mixed feelings about him playing the character, but he it's definitely not like is a... not I just assumed he was like from the school of the, you know, the Jonathan Prices of like... He, he's the one white man that we, we, we allow. allow. We allow it to be uh, other ethnicities. Um, so that was the rundown. That's crazy. That what, a, what a f- stacked uh, week of movies. Yeah. I, pretty much any movie you could have seen, you would have had a great time in the theater. So mm. shout out to 1983. Let's all go back mm. in, in just this one way. <laughs> just be, and just be uh, non, not formed entities. Yeah, yeah. that sounds great. Make make movies nineteen eighty three again. Oh. How about that? Well, I guess we should talk about the movie. So the Pirates of Penzance. <laughs> Stars Ruth. <laughs> um, I'm going to off the bat. I know I usually say this for the end. But I'm going to off the bat say that the best part of this movie literally is Kevin Klein. Although there are so many people that are just as brilliant. And it truly, it's, it's like a fool's errand to mm-hmm. pick one out of everyone. I just really love his it's, performance. It's a team effort, but Kevin Klein is the best on the team. Yeah. yeah. I just felt a very like sense of like Kevin Klein is so underappreciated because like throughout his career gives like just v- variety in his roles and in his movies mm-hmm. that I'm like, yeah, he's a good like staple of, of like Hollywood movies. He is like the emblem of a theater kid. Mm-hmm. And I do, I mean mm-hmm. that in the kindest way possible. Like mm-hmm. he's just like so game for anything and there's no role that he's done so that so encapsulates that as much as yeah. this one. Yeah. He has he has a bit for every single moment that he's yes. on screen. And when sometimes he... the bit is the focus, but often the bit is not the focus, but he is still doing the bit. He grabs his sword, sword. in Pirate uh-huh. King and like constantly like motions that oh he just cut himself from it. And then it. he yeah. hits Frederick with he... the hand and he's like, Ow! <laughs> it's so good. It's little it's it's very clear that this cast, except for Angela Lansbury, who replaced um the Ruth on Broadway, um has like lived in this has role. Be- done yeah. this role a ton because yeah. there are so many little things that you only develop as you do this like day in and day out. Yeah, for like a long feel time. comfortable in the story and in the world. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. yeah, just like the little looks that they would do. You there was always something to yeah, to like to watch and, and to like receive as as comedy. Yeah. Yeah. At every moment. He's also so hot. Oh my God. So hot. You know what? So funny and so hot at the same time. I, I the ideal man. I as a person that I never got the Jack Sparrow thing. I totally get the Pirate King. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Jack Sparrow is unfortunately uh, acted by someone who we will never discuss in this podcast. We've all entered a blood oath that we're never going to discuss that person. Absolutely. Um, sworn to duty. Thank God we've already watched but... Sweetie Todd. We sworn? To do it on yeah, the we're all sworn again. to duty. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I I mean, I love Pirates of the Caribbean. That's like a top, top, top movie for me. So I, I do get the Jack Sparrow thing in general. But I wanted to say when you talked about the pirate craze thing that I feel like this vibe of pirates is very our flag means death, which I'm hoping I've convinced mm. you to watch by now. We have not yet, but we'll put it on the list. Oh, you have to watch <laughs> our flag means death. Listeners, you have to watch our flag means death. Turn off this podcast. <laughs> watch all of our flag means death and then watch all of Pirates of Penzance and then come back to the podcast. And then um, leave us a review. And then, and then, and then, then, then review. listen please, to this podcast. Please send an email. Please. <laughs> My God, I just long for a spam email to show up. Um, uh. What was I talking about? <laughs> Our, our flag means death. Our flag means death. No, but what was I talking about before our flag means death? Oh, he's hot. He's so hot. He's hot. He's hot. He's hot. Kevin Klein is extremely hot in this role, and I don't quite know how he does it because he's so goofy. And yet, yeah. yeah. still. Even, still. I would say, I would say, obviously, Rex Smith is doing a different performance that's also very goofy, but I think he's also very, like, charming, and I would, like, see it in the time. Yeah. I don't see it right oh, now. Oh, not Rex for me. Smith, the first thing I saw in this movie is his bulge his bulge and yeah. his 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 milkers oh his, his milky whites his his chest his, his pecs <laughs> yes great okay so i was fully and then also had what did i call his hair oh like a full davy crockett hair <laughs> yeah he has a lot of it's very 80s the yeah. hair in this movie is peak 1983 but i was like oof i could i i could be in between these two men and would mm, be sure. would be a very happy I yeah no I I would have a very easy game of F Mary Kill I feel like for any anyone that you want to put in the third slot I would be <laughs> okay I would have it's, it's, it's it's Angela Lansbury it's Ruth clearly Angela Lansbury yeah 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 F Kevin Klein marry Angela Lansbury <laughs> oh. kill, kill whatever Rex, his face yeah kill not Fred interested Sorry, Freddy. Um, <laughs> yeah I I think this movie's um really fun I think it like really holds up. Um, because it is such a cartoon that it's like you don't even need to you can watch it like RJ did which is like mostly just being on your phone and checking in every three and a half minutes being um, a lackadaisical podcast host and it still works yeah. I was taking notes were you? you weren't checking Twitter none of the millions of texts was... that I've received from you about musical theater Twitter jokes have been sent during Pirates of Penzance <laughs> I checked the timestamps and they were during when you were watching this film. Okay. <laughs> I gave her the link to our doggy cam. Oh, so she's you... been watching you watch the, <laughs> not watch the movie. Um, <sighs> what do we, what do we, what do you think either of you about generally about this movie? Good, bad. Oh, it fine. absolutely slaps. I love it so much until we get to act two. And then I'm very bored. Yes, First act, I, though, perfect. I think it's I think it's, it's fun. So I good. love like you said, I love that it is a set and that it's like it's like the players present Pirates of Penzance. And so that like even though that like that's not really a, a meta theatric thing that the 
the characters are portraying. It's just the way that it's set up and, and you know, having the red curtains open for you and seeing everything look like a, a set just really feels... I will say, slight exception to act one slapping is the fact that I have to sit through an overture. <laughs> I know! <laughs> Molly, I fast-forwarded through Static it. I literally went did. overture. Boop, Thank you, I, I Thank you. Say... Thank you for seeing my side It was literally this. just... It was just... <laughs> Static curtains. Okay, okay. I'm I'm with Molly on this one because, <gasps> yes! because this is a movie. What am I doing? I'm not what I at, Play least, the at the very least give me the opening credit. Play the credits. Mm-hmm. Or I don't something. love just watching a, a blank curtain. But that's what it is when you're in a theater, Adam. This is why I don't understand Be- your love for overtures. Because there are real people in the room playing those instruments that I'm listening to. Oh, I guess okay, so. Yeah, yeah. I guess we can you appreciate the musicians as performers yeah. on the ground. Mo- to the pit. Molly, to the pit. <laughs> Molly is anti anti musician. A bold stance I'm taking. Tracks only. On this musical theater podcast. <laughs> Tracks only. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't respect musicians. I don't respect music directors. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's true. It's all true. It's coming out and she's being canceled. Uh, that's why she's moving to San Diego. All the, all the oh, it's all film there. You know what I mean? <laughs> no live music. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, I would agree with Act 2. Act 2 is Act two is pretty weak. Um, they it's, also, it's, it's set at lot. night and they do yes. the whole thing in blue light in which blue makes light. my eyes yeah. feel sleepy yeah. I, I kept being like okay now i'm waiting for it to like pick up when it gets to be daytime again i forgot that it doesn't get to be no, daytime ever. the whole thing yeah yeah rj yeah i also think that this movie is super fun i agree with the sentiments that it definitely slaps in the first act and it, it does get sleepy in the second act because it's it's more playing about like kind of shakespearean-y like trying to get you know, like sneak through, like not be able to whatever. It's very Midsummer, and I don't yeah. mean that in terms of like the main plot of Midsummer, but in the terms of it's like the woods. there's it's three woods. different groups in Midsummer that you keep following, and they they oh, all kind of yeah. keep coming around. I mm-hmm. always think that's very fun. I would like someone to cut the movie, um, and you can because it's all for free on YouTube. I hope that that's how YouTube <laughs> watched it too. We definitely mm-hmm. did. Um, so we should do all of Act One intact, exactly as it is. Maybe cut out the Frederick Ruth song. That I'm not interested in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. I had a moment where I almost guessed that one for you. <laughs> I really like okay. that song. So, okay, keep the whole first first act intact. Then I just want a title card that just summarizes what's happened. <laughs> Tarantara, title card. You want Cat-like, full, or, you want silent film. I want silent want, film. Yeah, yeah. Silent film, plot, Tarantara, silent film, paradox, silent film, cat-like tread. We can go on from there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, I think that's, that's what I would like. I think to that's be. right. Which is why it was superior when I did the junior version with the eight twelve. Because <laughs> all of that was cut. Yeah. Exactly. Well, even this, like a lot of the songs, are missing like a verse at least. Yes. Yeah. If that's not right. a whole. Which is pretty wild because it does the songs feel already substantial. Long. I'll tell yeah. you that much. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, when you were buying a ticket to an Operetta in 1879, you were getting a four-hour experience. I, yeah, they you said, I want to be entertained for as long as possible. As long as you can you can stand on this stage, I want you to keep going because there is not a lot of stimulation in my life. Yes, this yeah. is it. Yeah. <laughs> it's this. We got we to read these pamphlets along with watching the show. <laughs> Girl, I got a second pamphlet in my purse. I am ready to ready go. To I'm sound of musicking it with these pamphlets. <laughs> oh my god. Um so I guess let's just start with uh 
the top of the show. We yeah, we had a whole conversation about Kevin Klein that I thought was going to go into pirate, into pirate King, King. and then you di- diverted us you were back like, into but, but same we, picture. Before we go, before we zoom in, let's zoom out. Let's zoom out. Now let's zoom back into exactly let's where we were. Back Talk in. about Pirate King. Back in. Um, let's let's hear it, Adam. And it is, it is a glorious thing to be a pirate king. I am a pirate king. You are a pirate king. And it is, it is a glorious thing to be a pirate king. It is a love of a pirate So, uh, the song is great, um, and the visual bits happening are mm-hmm. so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Say that. Him holding on to the, like, woman's, the, like, you know how on the front of the boat they have the, like... The, the mermaid. The mermaid on the front. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yeah. On the ship? I need Molly to respond. I, I'm pretending I don't to see how uncomfortable you can get in describing yeah. what you're describing. You, yes. Molly, do you know what a woman is? <laughs> no. Can you define? Could you define what that is? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Molly, Molly has now become an alt-right comedian who's uh-huh. now trying to peg people for defining the term woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very on brand for Molly at this point. <laughs> Anti-musician term. <laughs> That is a joke. I want to be clear to everybody listening. I think everybody knows, but that's a joke. Um, yeah, I always have to remember how unfortunate it is how many women are TERFs because I just always feel like it should be assumed that that I love and adore trans people. But just to be just to be clear, very much not a TERF. Correct. Um, but yeah, the bit where he's like hanging on to the mermaid's like boobs and then falls in the water mm. and like he there's just like a lot of physical bits. And you thought going that was on. funny that he grabbed the yeah i did because i'm a five-year-old and i thought that was very funny this is my wily Google gaga okay <laughs> i thought it was funny molly uh thoughts on women <laughs> too many of them they talk too much sometimes notes why are they 51 percent of the population it's too much uh. um yeah, Kevin Klein is awesome. We already talked about the pretending that he got cut by the sword thing. That's my favorite bit that he does um, in this first uh, song. I just love that the the song is just "I am a pirate king," and it's just like so straightforward of like that's what this song is about is mm-hmm. the fact that he is a pirate king, and I feel like it really perfectly sets up the tone of the whole operetta. I love also. Um, there's like two instances of misunderstood, no, three instances of like things that are misunderstood that are plot points. Well, not necessarily plot points, but like things that happen in this movie. And this scene has the first one revealed where Ruth says, originally I was told to send Frederick to be apprentice to a pilot, but I misheard and I sent him to be the apprentice to a pirate. And that's very funny. Um, I just like how, like, from the get-go, it's, like, very not... Everything's not real. Like, everything's, yeah. like, a dumb joke, which is great. More jokes. More jokes. Less drama, more jokes in 2022. Kira Evan Hansen. <gasps> a joke. 
any joke. A joke. A crumb of a joke, please. An idea of a joke. A suggestion of a joke. <laughs> a wry smile. Anything, my God. A glimmer of joy. <laughs> um. So Frederick and uh, Ruth leave. I know we already all heard this because RJ said it, but just RJ to... did truly <laughs> a, an exquisite summary, an exceptional Thank job. Thank you. Um, and then they end up. So, how? What do we want to? What do we think about the plot of Ruth being like? I had to. I had to like try to stop and explain, like repeat it back to Adam of like, okay, I'm tr- understanding this correctly, right? That like she is just. She is just kind of like along for the ride of like, sure, yeah. I mean, I, or like she's just answering the question. So like, yeah, I, I am fair, I guess. And like, sure, I guess this is what we do. But Adam, you were telling me that like that wasn't really how it is. I think you're to supposed write, or... to think she's duplicitous in her answers to that. But I guess I just, I don't know. And, if... and for those of us who don't know, I mean, I know, I know. But what, what would <laughs> and duplicitous I, I, mean? I, and I know. Uh, but... She is intentionally lying. Okay. Yeah. 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 She, yeah. She has bad intention that she that she is. <laughs> she knows that she's not right. the most yes, attractive absolutely. woman, and right. she's pretending. That she Thank is. you for clarifying yeah. that for the listeners. For the listeners, for the listeners. just for right. the listeners. Just for yeah, the I mean, <laughs> I think just maybe like I I don't know if that she doesn't really play it that strongly that that's the the Ruth that that is Ruth like at the top of the song. I feel like so. I mean, I don't think she's like evil. No, I think it's just that she's like she's a groomer. Well, <laughs> I mean, yes. If we applied real logic, it's a little. It's definitely a messed up relationship because she yeah. was his mate or not a nursemaid, nursemaid. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that's weird that she like raised him as a child. Um. I hope to God I think... she wasn't his wet nurse. Hmm. That means RJ. You said you mentioned milkers earlier, so that's what that is in <laughs> reference to. Just so you know, <laughs> or the listeners may not know. I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> I'm so Molly. Just... Thoughts on wet nurses? Um, <laughs> Thank you. Um, Doulas. I th- I think in that scene <laughs> you're supposed to understand that she is she's like in- she's intentionally picking something that's not technically a lie, but like you can get away with like right. Well, I've been told before that I was attracted, like that yeah. kind of thing. Because yeah. I think she's supposed to. I guess she's in love with it. I mean, it's weird that it's just like I don't even. That, that's I'm not the even thing. clear like who brings up the concept of marriage. Like somehow yeah. it's just on the table. It's just like on the t- well. I mean, it could be too of like that's what he knows. Like outside of pirate life, that that it's domesticity because that's what the pirates all want to do is to get married so they don't have to be pirates anymore. So maybe that's why he's like, I'm not gonna be a pirate anymore. I. I'm gonna go out, and I guess I'll marry the one woman I know. Let's talk about hetero fatalism. Um, honestly, kill all, kill all that. <laughs> that's what it means, that's right? What it means. That's, 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 that's what we've been waiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's I what we've been waiting. That's what we've been waiting. <laughs> we've had this whole podcast just to slowly start to reveal our agenda to kill all heterosexual people. <laughs> No, heterofatalism is the idea that that particularly hetero women feel this like resigned fate that like they're going to end up with a a relationship they'll be unhappy in essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, So that that it is your your destiny to end up in this uh, hetero relationship, even to your detriment. Um, I think that the whole joke of Ruth. I think that the idea of I literally haven't seen a woman since I was eight and I have no one to compare you to is funny. Mm -hmm. I think that the 
amount of time we spend of people reacting to Angela Lansbury as if she's the most atrocious person in yeah. <laughs> they've ever laid eyes on is too much from a gender perspective. <laughs> sure. Now, would it would it would it help if it was a drag role? No, because I I again I don't love giving. Uh, in a in a show where there's only two women who get to speak. I don't love giving one, one of, of the roles yeah. to a man. I think also, like, I would love to see, like, a drag rendition of Pirates of Pits. Like, just the whole thing is is in drag. Sure. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if you just put that role in drag, I think then it becomes homophobic, potentially, as well. Um, yeah. And sure. transphobic as well, um, yeah. for sure, depending on how you play it. So, no. And I don't think we have to fix it. Unless they're all kids doing it, and then it's funny. I think you could do a. I think you could do. I think there's enough that's not written, that's not textual, that you could have a production in which, like, that's not the feeling the, that you get from, or that like you could have it be like the pirate king is like gay, so he doesn't want her to stay around, but that's like fine. all the other men are like Ruth is hot because we're pirates and she's the only woman she's on this fucking one. boat. <laughs> um, that could be fun. Like, you, it doesn't have to Yeah, be it doesn't have it's... to be played out the way that they chose to play yeah. it out. Yeah. But yeah. I, didn't have a, I didn't have a problem with it, so... I... <laughs> Ruth clearly is... I preferred Ruth... Uh, pirate era Ruth than nurse Her era. comeback era. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Renaissance Ruth. I preferred Ruth... Ruth's version. <laughs> that was a Taylor, Taylor... That was a Taylor Swift joke. Taylor Swift joke. Gotcha. Um, I mean, look, it's like it's much more lighthearted fun than it is like actually offensive. Yes, but yeah, like it yeah. does it does get a little too much where you're like, mm. as from a modern perspective, you're like, especially right, since I get it. It's right at the start, yeah. too. So you're just like, ooh, yeah. okay, like what what's right. going on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I will say the best, though, of the joke about her being old or whatever is when they have that moment in the song where they start to like be a little cuddly. And then she reveals that she's 47 years old. And he's like, 47. <laughs> That's very funny. I think it would be funny to play it where Ruth is older, but also is like actually gorgeous. I think that would be a fun Jane version too. Jane Fonda Ooh, plays yes. Ruth. Well, I was thinking someone not quite as old as Jane Fonda, but absolutely I'll put a Jane Fonda in any role. Um, <laughs> 87. <laughs> that would be actually, that would be a gag to put someone who's like much older than 47. And then it's like very clearly that that line is even a lie. And he's still freaked out. He still <laughs> thinks yeah. it is. Yeah. She's like, could I get away he's with like... 47? And he's like, 47? Oh my God. <laughs> She's like, oh dang, I overshot it already. Overshot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should have said thirty-two. Should have said thirty-two. Um, great. So then we move on, and RJ's favorite song, "Climbing Over Rocky Mountain," which is in RJ's notes as best song ever created. <laughs> wow, music peaked Comes here. In. All right, yeah. defend yourself. <laughs> um, it just it's it slaps. It um, it's a it's a it's a gag, and it's gooping we're all gooped wow i'm imagining this is a powerpoint slide as you get <laughs> gooping gagged yeah and then um dr silva what would you say is the theoretical yeah. underpinning of the choices made in rocky mountain if you could well i will say just like i think i think i would have would have a better um i did not have captions up so i feel like i would have i would have had a more appreciation of the song more, I think, if I 
had the pamphlet or the captions out. So in describing why it's the best song of all time, you're going to say, I didn't pay enough attention <laughs> to really give you any details of the song. Well, Molly, you watched, you watched him watch it. So you know yeah. that. Well, I just, watching as, I just love, I think like, I, I just, no, I'm with you. I just love the, I just love the voices of the maidens. I love that. Okay. Being able to play with the patter no, along don't. with the... Adam, Adam, don't chime in. Don't let him get out of this. Along, along with the, like, honestly, there's something like very like, or orally satisfying about hearing yes, the yes, octaves yes. of yes. these women speaking these words and saying it in that it's 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 giving pick a little talk a little which is my is. favorite song in the music man yeah. so i think i just like yeah it just the decibels are, it's also are perfect decibels. <laughs> that's what that's the name of the group yes the decibels. The decibels. that is a fierce oh my gosh if there are no female acapella groups but like, have but that like name. i'm sure it is but bell spelled as like except, you know, except decibels abs, yeah, yeah. Um, I would also piggybacking on RJ. I would say piggy banking off of piggy banking. Um, I would say also the fact that it's like they're not trying to sing pretty. Um, that it's a very like screechy, mm-hmm. like girls having fun energy, which is very fun. It's also the the most up tempo song I think at this point in the yeah. mm-hmm. in the film. Um, which is like a nice because the song with um song with Ruth, uh, faithless woman um it's not that drive it's more like not ballad but it's more yeah it's more like epic like yeah it's like a drama yeah it's like a melodrama song drama a drama and i also just love that the song is literally just like i love being outside and look at us gaily run and laugh and chase each other it it is the most like girlish (laughs) song and that is where i feel like the I'm not bothered by the gender stuff in it because it's like, it feels so much like they are parodying this idea. Yes, it's, it's very guys it's and dolls. It's such an extreme. Yes, it yes. goes to the guys and dolls place. Also, when I learned the music for Light Opera Works, um, the music director talked about how the ups and downs of the octaves is very like the effect of going up and climbing down the Rocky Mountain, mountain. Mm. right? The climbing. Um, so I really appreciate that little effect. Yeah. Um, it's fun that none of the songs in this show sound similar. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Which is really nice. Um, so, Mr. Sullivan, pop off. Props to your mama. Should we hear the girls? Let's listen to the quarrels. Bring the girls in. Ladies and gentlemen, the decibels. Climbing over rocky mountains, skipping Frederick loses his marbles. He sings like he goes crazy. He is like, oh, what in they the take world? Off a sock. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. And he, so funny. He's so scandalized. He, he loses. Is, his he's mind. genuinely funny in this role. Yeah. A role which could easily be played by someone who like doesn't lean into the comedy of it. Yes. He really does. Which there is, were moments where I was like, I think if there's more he could do for sure, but I. I don't think. No, I, think I did it, like. Yeah. I just don't think he's hot, but I think he did a good job in the role. Yeah, yeah. There were just moments of like, I think if you don't have like a just as like sharp 
in their like comedy as uh for the person playing frederick i don't think it would be as like interesting to watch like any production of it so it's like yeah. you have to have a, a good frederick like just as uh, just as like equal i feel like just as equally as talented as like the, who, i mean all of the leads they really have to be like on top of what makes them funny in in the show you know um so he sings a song called um uh, sorry oh is there not one stop maiden ladies. breast because oh. stop ladies pray is when he stops them and then he sings his like is there not one breast here for me isn't it just is there not one maiden here is that the title of the song no it's no he oh, says is there breast? not one maiden breast he says breast in the yeah. movie i know that he says that word in within the lyrics of it but i thought that the title of the song was one maiden here no no oh, okay um, cause we're in the era where like the title of the song was just like the first, the first six line. words. The of first lines, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, uh, great number. He does like a little Elvis moment at the end. We get the yes. whole comedy. We, bye which, bye birdie. We honey. love the comedy of girls <laughs> freaking out about a man singing. Um, it's always funny to me. Sorry. Um, and you then, <laughs> and then the sleigh of all sleighs. <laughs> The leader of the Decibels comes in <laughs> and Mabel arrives on the scene um, and she sings a song called Poor Wandering One, which is slow and um, not terribly interesting. But the bit that this production decides to do with the song is that she is so self-indulgent in her singing that he keeps trying to like take her away and she just like goes into another She's verse. She's like, no, I'm not done. I'm and still it's singing so very funny. And then it leads into the end when she does the like, uh, the riff with the, with the bird and it's great. Which I feel like this song still in the same vein of Climbing Over Rocky Mountains, it's like, it's a parody of like a beautiful singing ingenue. It's a parody of opera. Yes, it's yeah. very yeah, very much a parody. Um, when I did the show for Light Opera Works, we had we would have guest stars often that would come in on like Thursdays. So we had oh. someone who had done this role before, and she came in and sang. I think oh. this song, or she sang she sang a song from Pirates. And my favorite kid leaned over to me and asked, "Is that the girl from the movie?" And so I told her that afterwards, and she was like, "I'll take it, absolutely. I'll take, I will absolutely take Linda Ronstadt at yeah. any given." Wow. And she's so good in this. Like she's so cute. She her eyes are like the size of stars. Her eyes are so expressive that yeah. I that I think like we have. I don't know. Like, would you say with she's some... doing she's doing Princess Diana head yeah. where she like looks like like tilts her head down and yeah. looks up through her eyelashes. It's but then we'll cute. kind of give like almost like um oh my god I'm blanking on uh, from singing in the rain like sometime like. Debbie Reynolds. Yes, I literally. Deborah. Out. How dare you? I know. Um, like where her eyes will kind of be like, can you believe what's happening? Like almost to either like Frederick or like you know to like the situation that yeah she's just very expressive. Dessa B Reynolds. Mm. <clears throat> um. Mm. Yeah, let's listen to a little bit of my favorite song in this movie, "Poor Wandering One." Oh, 
so funny that this is your favorite song because you are so I'm so on brand. It's <laughs> like the ingenue song. The ingenue song. As a fellow ingenue, you know, I can really relate. <laughs> and like, I truly could sing. This is so dumb. But do you remember when we talked about Les Mis? The audience doesn't. But do you remember when we talked about Les Mis? <laughs> They'll never know. And, do you remember the lost tapes and of our I, recording? Did I talk about how there was like a bit in doing the show that I was like Cosette's understudy? Yes. We talked about this, right? I don't remember. It got deleted from my brain along with the computer with files. The files. So there was like that bit. So I could like back in high school specifically, I could like sing. Uh, I could get to like a high D, which is like psycho. I also like my voice developed late. Like I couldn't start. I didn't speak low until like learn speak low. Speak low. I didn't like my Frida voice loves didn't drop when you sing low until like I got to high school. Like even in eighth grade, I was like, hi, hello, how are we? Um, so Which lots changed. And a how lot is that different changed. From your voice <laughs> yeah, how is that different? I'm sorry. How does that? How's that changed? I love going to McDonald's and ordering, and then they go, "Okay, that'll be nine thirty-seven, ma'am. Pull around." And I'm like, "Okay, great." <laughs> um, they did it more in Florida than they do here, but yeah. uh, mm, so interesting. I, Florida's not known for anything like that. So I, um, I also would, you know, I would sing the song along with the girl who played Mabel, and we would. You know, do the like run at the end together. It was very fun. Frederick's trying to hit those notes too. Mm-hmm. Frederick. Oh, Frederick. Okay, well, uh, we're just going to move on here. <laughs> Thanks, Frederick. No, it's a great, it's a great song. Um, it's absurd. It's cute. it's cute. And it's, oh my gosh, the, the appreciation you can do for like the, physicality of the challenge of singing do you know like where you're just like oh my gosh you are like a marathon runner of a performer right you can do all of these things with the muscles in your throat it's amazing yeah it's also funny at this point in musical theater uh in the musical theater timeline watching it in 2022 because like sopranos like don't exist anymore basically like everything's become like a belty mezzo we took moment, them out which is great <laughs> um but soprano <laughs> we recast mary in the librarian as an, as an, an alto. alto what are we doing um, what are we doing it's fine um but yeah it's, it's how nice. dare you see we got Arian debose that way Marion the Librarian? I thought you were making a joke about Schmigadoon. Oh, oh no, I was talking, talking about, about Sutton, Sutton Foster. Sutton in the Revival. Uh. Schmigadoon. We still have to do it. Um, Patreon. Great. Patreon. We'll never make So we move on to uh, the pirates come in. They're going to take the women, the sisters. Um, they will be wedding them, which the only part of them. this that I think doesn't quite hold up is that. So the whole joke is that they're going to wed them, but then Kevin Klein does go around and kisses every kisses one of them, them. Yeah. and not Just, to like make it into a huge deal, but like definitely is the only part that you're like, okay, well that's like that is actually violating their tough bodily autonomy, yes. so it's kind of undercutting the joke. Um, so I wish that it were it were like even more absurd and respectful. Like what if he was going to each one and like kneeling to each to propose or something, you know what I mean? Like, I think you could do it in a funnier way now when we have more awareness of those things, but on the whole is still a pretty funny scene where they're accosting these women and singing about finding the nearest priest to marry them. Yeah. Cause the line is here's a first rate opportunity to get married with impunity, which is great. Wordplay. Wordplay. And then we get Miss Queen herself. The, the major general comes in. And now we have to listen to I Am the Very Model of a Modern Major General. I am the very model of a modern major general. I've information, vegetable, animal, and mineral. I know the kings of England and I quote the fights historical from Marathon to Waterloo in order categorical. 
I'm very well acquainted too with matters mathematical. I understand equations both are simple and quadratical. About binomial theorem, I'm teeming with a lot of news. Lot of news, I've got it. With the many cheerful facts about the square of the hypotenuse. With many cheerful facts about the square of the hypotenuse. With many cheerful facts about the square of the hypotenuse. With many cheerful facts about the square of the hypotenuse. I'm very good at integral and differential calculus. I know the scientific names of beings and immalculus. In short, it matters vegetable, animal, and mineral. I am the very model of a modern major general. It is interesting, Adam, that you said that you would play the the Keystone Cop chief mm-hmm. when I feel like in the major school. general. Oh, in high school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's still interesting that you... <laughs> you have to understand, my high school only believed that old men were big. Mm-hmm. Anytime there was an older male character, it was always whoever was the most rotund high school boy they could cast. Is an old man. Is an old man. Hey, drama educators, stop doing that. Um, yeah. Say that. Yeah. Say that. I will say if I feel like if we did a college version, like if we had done this in Loyola, you would have been a good, a good major general. For sure. Especially because of the bit when he ro- frolics around the forest in his nightgown in his night act two. Oh, absolutely. Which is probably one of the best points of Extremely comedy in act two. Yeah. 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 Um, which is oh, pretty good. Isn't that what you did in Hot Mikado? You were also in a night... No, that was... That's Malvolio. That's Ma- yeah, that was Malvolio in Twelfth Night. In Twelfth Night. Uh, so many roles. Uh, oh, my God. So stop. hard to remember. Oh, God. Uh, I gave up. I gave it up a long time ago, my career. My career. <laughs> Um, do we have anything to say about I am the very model of a modern man? Well, it I like I've information made... vegetable animal and mineral. <laughs> I know the kings of England. This is we said we like made that this is like uh, the best. Would you say this is the best example of like the patter song in it there? It is the er patter. I feel in in many many ways. I think this is this is. I wouldn't say this is the best patter song, but I would say it's not even the best patter song in this film because. Paradox is the best patter song. But um, I would say <laughs> that it's the most... It's like what's on the textbook when you look yes. at exactly. a song. Yes. They, show a, they show a picture of this. Yeah. My favorite bit that this one... Every song has like a bit that this like production puts into it. So the, this one is like the moments where he like has to think about what the like how to finish the rhyme. That's very mm-hmm. funny that they do. And then also when his his last rhyme and his last verse is satagy and then when he does the encore he he redefines it as rode a horse because that's what it actually means in like <laughs> layman's terms today but also the i will say the mvp supporting role here is the pirate king because he is fully like when the music starts he rallies up the pirates to like this is just like the pirate king so like almost telling them to be like okay get in formation like it's just gonna be like that and then kind of like egging him on for the third the third uh the last verse of like let's do another one do another one and do it faster yeah and it's just it's just it's fun quite fun I just I love the fact that this imagines that the thing that makes you into a great military person is just knowledge Knowledge. just like rote Mm. knowledge which is i feel like again the like the article i read about like very literary pirates and very like making fun of the british aristocracy of like you all act like the way that you get risen in the ranks and you you get the stuff is like oh well we're just so sophisticated and we just know so much that we deserve to be in charge Mm -hmm. of everyone and it's like this is what that would look like then you're a major (laughs) general because you can quote the um something historical what is the line i 
Quote the facts historical for Quote Marathon. The facts of, historical for Marathon of Waterloo in order categorical. In order categorical. Yes, thank you, thank you, Major General. Um, so I just, I just really enjoy. Obviously, it is again extremely impressive when you watch somebody perform it, but also I love the thing that they are making fun of. I think it's very funny. So this is what they should have done in RuPaul's Drag Race All Star Seven when they. In the first episode, when they had to do Old MacDonald, I was like, okay, they're going to give them hard lip syncs, like difficult lip syncs to do for the season because they're the best of the best. They should have done a Gilbert and Major General. They should have done Major General. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder how Because they had the spoken word one, so it was like, you know. Well, it's interesting, though, because the challenge of a patter song is obviously in part just knowing the words, which is yeah. lip syncing. But I feel like a lot of it is also the breath control to be able to get all the words out. So mm-hmm. so it's it's interesting. I don't know how much easier it makes it if it is a if lip sync versus lip actually syncing, singing yeah. it. Is it just watermelon, watermelon? Is that if, if up close, does that read? No, I mean, you'd still have to no, you'd still have to know the, have to know the words. I'm guessing you would not be able to get away with not knowing the words, but. Yeah. If the the question is, I mean, what makes like the old McDonald lip sync hard is that it's scatting, and so yes. it's unexpected the beat that things are on. So you have to yeah. remember that part, or like a spoken word lip sync is really hard because you don't have the beat underneath you to tell yeah. you the yeah. pacing, yeah. You right? Just so you have, have to, to memorize, just know the it, timing from yeah. hearing it so many times. Here, it's just like a pure test of skill of remembering words. Yeah, but I mean, that could just be the challenge too, right? If, yeah. if we were trying to, that's a great idea of like just a RuPaul's Drag Race season where the challenge is just like hardest lip syncs you could ever do yeah um and this this would be a good one to be in there for sure yeah all winners season two <laughs> season a thousand where we get um the top top winners of the winner season <laughs> <laughs> the next hundred seasons of drag race yeah yeah um so we go from this into the finale which is composed of five different uh uh movements um wait is paradox part of the finale did you skip paradox no paradox is in act two finale act one finale act one finale gotcha sorry finale of act one adam you have to be here no you said finale well we're gonna rewind the tape when i list them back baby (laughs) um and either this will be left in or yeah this implies that you actually edit outside of like yeah, Molly oh, remembering yeah. hey remove this part when There's you get certainly... to the yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be me saying and here's the finale and then it's just oh that one <laughs> see I said it I don't know what you're talking about you've, you've never put out an episode with a segment where you say I'm gonna edit this out and then you and you actually, know you forget to do it that's never happened before so <laughs> that's part of the comedy Molly mm. it's unexpected at this point it is expected I've done it so many times um so this is where he does the uh, he tells them that he's an orphan, an orphan by, um, which is a wild uh, way to sing that phrase. But um, the bit right before this, when he he they go over the the second miscommunication of the film, which is the orphan, orf, orphan, orphan, or, orphan, 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 yeah, orphan. Um, is funny and you know what who's on first also still funny these things are funny and you know what's i think what really sells it is the like how kevin klein just deadpans it of like i'm just trying to get to what you're saying when you say orphan do you mean someone who has lost his parents or or often frequently like i like just so and i think that's that's when he's the funniest i feel like in in this movie where he just like 
I am just. They're not playing the laugh. They're playing the like actual yeah. miscommunication. Yeah. Of it's very, it's very um, opening of guys and dolls when they pretend that they don't know what craps is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's that sort of deadpan of like, okay, yeah. for real, we're going to figure this out. <laughs> is it orphan or is it often? <laughs> and it's not even it's not even close enough that you have to like modify the way you say often to even kind of have well yeah we're not we're not speaking a british accent so neither is kevin klein so. <laughs> neither. but isn't ne- the general speaking in a british accent the general, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah uh often, yeah and often Often, 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 Molly, it, do you remember this moment? It's no. when they, it becomes a beautiful qu- choral number and everyone looks to the sky and sings about how wonderful poetry is. <laughs> and then they do like, there's swipes, not swipes, uh, like fades in and out on like characters while they sing this piece. No, It's the absurdity. I it's think I stopped so fully paying attention by this point in yeah. the movie, to be honest. Yeah. 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 You're like, okay, I'll, po- I'll perk up again once um, Cat Like Tread is back. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, um. Great. That's the this, end of this one. is where we do the pre cat like tread nap. Is what it's known as mm. in the biz. Yeah, yeah. In the in Gilbert the and Sullivan uh, cruise. In the GNS. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There are many Gilbert and Sullivan societies. It's a whole lifestyle thing. Yeah. Um. It's referenced in the West Wing, because yeah. Aaron Sorkin is a huge Gilbert and Sullivan fan. Yeah. Well, that um, the conservative lady. There's a whole thing about yes, her. Yes, Ainsley. Yes, Ainsley. Ainsley. Yeah. yeah. Ainsley Hayes. Um, Ainsley yeah. Hayes. But there are also, in addition to it being referenced in the West Wing, it is also a thing in real life that there are lots of, in many different cities, there are Gilbert and Sullivan societies where they'll all like dress up and go see Gilbert and Sullivan play. And some of them even will produce them. Um, and it's a fun thing that exists because it's like kind of upper crust, but it's also like, obviously they're very absurd. So it's not like, oh, we all go see Shakespeare together. It's not the same right. vibe of what's important. It's not like like Renaissance fair either. Like it's not like that. I don't think people dress in period clothing. I think it's more just sort of like I'm getting done up to go to the theater okay. kind of dress up. Coats. Sure. I think maybe even a little more modern even than that, Adam, if you can imagine. A vest. A, a sweater. Yeah. Or maybe <laughs> like a maybe like a jacket. Just like a just like a jacket. Nice little sport work. coat. Little sport a, coat. Yeah. A nice jean. Mm. <laughs> maybe in certain states sure certain towns maybe virginia <laughs> yeah i think west virginia's gilbert and sullivan society does a lot of hygiene wear yeah. <laughs> oat oat gene <laughs> this is so dumb so act two we're going to act two so act two starts and uh the major general is crying in the tombs on his property Mm-hmm. It's a mm-hmm. spot. He likes to hang out there. Um, because he is so sad that he lied. He's not an orphan, as evidenced by the many ancestors that are surrounding him. Well, that doesn't. An orphan doesn't mean you don't have ancestors. It means that they're dead, and they would be dead. But then he is an orphan. orphan. Well, I think presumably he's not, but the fact that he's in the tomb is not giving us evidence for or against the idea of whether or not he's an orphan. 
There is a shot in this movie that cuts to a bunch of sarcophagi. Uh-huh. And it's like the punchline of being like, I'm not an orphan. And then it cuts to like a bunch of coffins. Okay. So well, then I think that they're... Like, so had, he is an orphan. He's had many parents. Or but, he's had not many no, parents. No, it's not about because the number of parents you have. He's had seven or eight parents at this point. You're an orphan <laughs> when you're adopted. You're an orphan when your parents are dead, right? Yes. Yes. So he is an orphan. But I, but no, no, no. But he's not because he's telling us he's not. I think we have to go off of what he's saying. No, no, no. I'm not doing textual <laughs> evidence here. We're doing symbolism only. I'm saying. <laughs> the, this... Are we actually confusing <laughs> it to be an orphan? No, no. Not all on the Did we not watch about? three Annie's for this? Oh well, my God. I want to clarify. Uh... Orphan in this context does not mean. You just ha- have parents that are dead. This means like you were orphaned young and grew up as an orphan. Without That's, like, knowing the who your parents are. That is, your... Yeah, that is often the way that people use Orphan? Because we don't generally. That's orphan? Sorry, do you mean off- orphan or do you mean often frequently? You have to stop. You have to stop. <laughs> you just said often, so I had to. It's a callback. Often the connotation of orphan is that. <laughs> whoa, whoa, Molly, you whoa, have, whoa, you whoa. Have to slow down. Orphan the often? <laughs> oh my god. I'm so, so lost. So, so technically, okay. you could you could call yourself an orphan even if you were like 70 years old and both your parents are dead. But usually when we use the term, what we mean is your parents died. When you were still of an age where you still needed parents as like actively in charge of your life and providing comfort and care and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. So I do think that it's possible that they are trying to say like, yes, his parents are dead now, but he wasn't an orphan in the way that one would expect him to use that term Mm. or whatever. But I don't I don't remember this bit, but I don't think that it was trying to say. But actually, yes, he is an orphan based off of the fact that he has many ancestors because that wouldn't tell you whether or not someone is an orphan. No, I'm not saying that it's saying that he's an orphan. I'm saying that it's, it's adding visual proof. The fact that he has like a family tomb, he can't be an orphan because he knows family's there. He knows everybody in the tomb. So you're saying that, that the implication of orphan here is also that you don't know. (laughs) We are arguing. (laughs) I'm not even arguing at this point. We're on the same note. just that your parents died when you were young but also that you don't know who don't they know, were who don't know your parents i don't family. think that that is in the text that that is necessarily a connotation of orphan here well little orphan annie if her parents are alive then she's not an orphan she knows but th- being alive and knowing who they are are two different questions but is it alive or is it knowing who they are <laughs> being alive but then if her parents are alive just somewhere then she's not an orphan yes <laughs> molly is like i thought i would never have to speak to a child again and here i am now right that that is a question in annie is is she even an orphan doesn't she correct people when they call her an orphan she says i'm she's, i don't know she's, we watched if, three if versions you, she's not remember. an orphan because she yeah, knows she's her not parents... an orphan because she she believes her parents are alive so if you don't know where your parents are it doesn't mean that you're an orphan it means so your you're parents lost. are alive, but but separated from you. You're no longer in their care, but there's not even a word for that. It just means that you you don't have adults to take care of you or whatever. But orphan means your parents are dead. And again, you're saying orphan 
one who has lost his parents. <laughs> I just want to be clear. Not orphaned frequently. Oh, my God. There are only two songs left that we have to talk about. <laughs> this is too important, RJ. We, we have to be on the same page about what orphan means before we can continue. <laughs> it's, the, it's the linchpin of the show. <laughs> Oh okay, my God. so are we in agreement? We're in a orphan. Fine. Okay, we... no, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. back for me. An orphan <laughs> is someone who has lost his parents, not orphan frequently. But define lost. Lost in the sense of they're gone, gone. from this mortal coil. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, <great. laughs> oh my God. Uh, an underutilized phrase. Great. Okay, we're on the same page. Let's talk about paradox. <laughs> Um, blah, 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 Keystone Cops. Do we have anything to say? I wrote down, what is Sasha Baron Cohen doing in charge of these cops? That's truly my question. He's playing the, he's, it, uh, in Hugo, a movie by Martin Scorsese. I don't know if you've Scorsese. seen it. Scorsese. Um, he plays basically this character. Exactly. The Sasha? train. Yeah. He's not a policeman. He's like a train railroad manager. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what he is. But it's that, like the same character. Yeah. He does look a lot like um, Sasha Baron Cohen, but Cohen, but his name is Tony Azito. And apparently oh. he was a dancer known for this sort of hyperextension um, mm. style of dancing. But this was his one. This was like kind of his biggest role that he did. So I do want to make sure that when I made that joke, I also said that guy's name because he was great in this. He was. He's great. Yeah. It's just like the Keystone Cops are the least interesting part of the show. They're just added to be like another complication to the thing. Yeah. And they're so, I mean, like, obviously the pirates are a monolithic group. The girls are a monolithic group, but like they're the most monolithic of the monolithic group. Right. So there's mm-hmm. not really much to say about them other than that that guy's great. Mm-hmm. And he almost livens it up for the second act, but he cannot ultimately fight off the blue lighting in my yeah watching. and he's also all of them are wearing navy blues so it's like i yeah and honestly the way the way we you. are making fun of cops in this you know gilbert and sullivan were the first to say a cab so remember that Defend. yeah that's that's definitely mm-hmm. what they were trying to get at with yeah. this i feel really confident yeah. i wrote the follow-up to molly's note that defund defund the police unless they are keystone cops that dance like this in, in the and then fund them more and then fund them yeah. more for, uh-huh. for arts. For arts. <laughs> for arts yeah, purposes. Yeah. That's if you looked at the signs that I made in 2020, if you there was a small print at the bottom. <laughs> at the bottom. Unless, <laughs> Unless it's they are yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to make sure that all of that was kind of in in there, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah. I what what is a this is a dumb question and I genuinely don't know. What, what is an orphan? What's an orphan? You Sorry, better I just, not. I need to be you clear. better <laughs> oh, no. not. That's not what I was gonna ask. What is a keystone cop? Like it's it's a term that I've said for so long, but I don't know what the origin of it is. I believe it's a reference to Benny Hill. I think ah. Keystone Cops are the ones that dance that go around to the and they're very stupid. Um but let me make sure that that's the Like whistling, flipping their little uh Oh, no, it is, it's from before that. Keystone oh. Cops are a fictional, humorously incompetent police force featured in silent film slapstick comedy uh. produced by Max Sennett for his Keystone Film Company between 1912 Keystone and 1917. So we have, yet again, a reference to the silent film era, as was in that quote from Oh, definitely the, the Keystone Cops are the most clear, like, silent visual film. silent film, like... Just from the way they move, the way they, like... There's even a part push. when they, like, speed up the film for them to, like, flee... Like the the frame rate changes, and it looks like those like old timey silent films where they were shot on like I think twelve frames per second instead of twenty four or whatever. So, mm-hmm. 
Fun. Um, okay. People love Tarantara, but we're not going to do it for this one. Sorry, y'all. It no, it's not. It's not a great song. It's, it's a good number to watch. If it's we a were, good dance. If we were a visual podcast, mm-hmm. which podcast, we're doing next, we're yeah. doing an exclusively visual podcast. There will be no audio at all. It'll no, be a none. silent film podcast. This is pointing. And title cards. <laughs> it's going to be those, it's those, those TikToks. TikToks. <laughs> She ate with a caption. She ate. <laughs> These Keystone cops won't, you won't believe what they do next. <laughs> Pav, you're a Keystone cop. <laughs> Eight signs, you might be a Keystone cop. <laughs> hey guys, get ready with me as in my, my first day as a Keystone cop. So first, <laughs> put a finger down if you're a Keystone cop. <laughs> Put a finger down if you've ever lost a criminal midway through a chase. Put a finger down if you've ever knocked yourself out with your own nightstick. This is so stupid. Put Put a finger finger down down if you've ever run into a closed door. Put a finger down if your entire town was ever invaded by a horde of pirates and the only way that you could figure out track them down was to simply mention the name of Queen Victoria. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. If you've ever gotten lost in a hedge maze. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, paradox. Oh, a pair of docks because they're pirates. Get it? No. Docks. Where boats dock. A pair of them. Two. Two of them. I don't think that it's referencing <laughs> that's that. That's not. That's why they called it a paradox. You know that Gilbert and Sullivan didn't invent the word paradox, right? Wow, I really thought they did. <laughs> uh, for this for this number. Okay, <clears throat> a paradox. A paradox, the most ingenious paradox. A ha 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 ha. A paradox. So this song is original to Pirates. And then in the movie, it is followed by, um, I have to think of how it starts. Uh, my eyes are fully open to the awful situation. That one, which then shows up again in. You just sang every song in Act 2, so I don't know which one is that. You don't know my eyes are fully open? It's the one where they go crazy fast. Crazy fast. Girl, Major General is crazy. I'm, Remember I'm in Act now, 2, there is, a point, there is a point at which Kevin Klein does something so fast that his ending bit is he crumples to the ground and passes out. I didn't watch this movie, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was on Twitter. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember. No, I really did. I don't After, remember. I, don't remember I, I like, tuned back in for Paradox because I knew that I liked it, but uh, then I just, yeah, I struggled. I struggled this time. I'm sorry. So what's the paradox, Molly? The paradox is the fact that he is both 21 years old, but he's only had five birthdays, which is a statement that seems like it could not possibly be true when you first state it. It seems impossible, but upon further investigation reveals itself, in fact, to be true, as is the definition of a paradox. Thank you. Um, Have you ever met anybody who was born on Leap Day? Yes. I think I did. Yeah, I met people in school. Yeah, I had a friend in high school. I had a friend in high school who was who was a leap baby. Wow! When do they celebrate? March first. Mm, I don't oh, remember. Huh? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. 
I was gonna say my brother's March first, but yeah. less interesting. It's less interesting. it's it's an extremely boring birthday, as yeah. a matter of fact, unless you're uh, unless you're actually born on the leap day. Um, yes, I love the way that this makes fun of contracts being written in like overly flowerly language. That you know, it's like just say what you mean. You don't need to do all this birthday nonsense. Yeah, it really takes okay. lawyers down a peg. Yeah, yeah, finally jokes for contract admins and Yes. Yeah. Taking Rita down a peg. <laughs> yeah. Somebody yeah. <laughs> Somebody needs to somebody needs to bring her down and humble her. <laughs> and it's Gilbert and Sullivan are the one to do it. <laughs> Stop writing all those contracts that are based on birthdays, mom. Um Well, I'm gonna play a little bit of Paradox and I'm gonna play a little bit of the other one, which is not from Pirates. It's originally from Ugh, sorry, I have to look really quick. I apologize because I didn't write it down because I didn't think I was going to want to talk about it. Um, Rudigore. Matter, patter, matter, patter, matter, patter, matter, matter, matter. Um, and it's the fastest one. So that was the one I was referencing when I was saying I think it's the it's the most impressive patter mm. song that Gilbert and Sullivan do. And the same, <clears throat> excuse me, that same melody is used in... Um, uh, Thoroughly Modern Millie when she does the speed test. So that's that's the tune they used for that number in the musical. If that's interesting to anybody. Are, are we pausing for you to put in the song? I'm trying to wait for you to... And now here are... Ev here's everything I just said. All six songs. If I had been so lucky as to have a steady mother who could talk to me as we are talking now to one another who could give me good advice which she discovered I was earning which is just the very favor which I knew I am conferring my existence would have made a rather interesting idle and I might have lived and died a very decent and a will this particularly rapid and intelligible pattern isn't generally heard and if it is it doesn't matter. If it is it doesn't matter. If it is it doesn't matter. This particularly rapid and intelligible pattern isn't generally heard and if it is it doesn't matter. This particularly rapid and intelligible pattern isn't generally heard and if it is it doesn't matter. Matter 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 So cut to uh, Frederick tells Mabel he has to leave because he's actually still part of the pirates because he hasn't officially ended his apprenticeship um, and he won't until like 1942 or whatever, which is funny. And then um, they sing a love song and that's definitely the slowest part in this whole film is their oh, little yeah. love song together. It's, it's weak. Mm -hmm. um, and then the cops come back in for another little ditty where they sing like a straight tone to each other and then um the pirates come and molly since this is your favorite song take it away with cat like tread upon the face we feel and silence thread blah, 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 blah. i don't know the words obviously Clearly. <laughs> it is <laughs> this is a song about how sneaky <clears throat> and silent they're being and they make as much noise as anyone could possibly make and it mm -hmm. is a very funny bit and it is very, very fun to sing because you can never be told that you're singing it too loud because Correct. you can always make a bigger choice on the song. Correct. And Kevin Klein in this song, <laughs> there is this, there are two moves he does. So there's the one where he does like the huge like steps forward. Do you remember this? Yes. And this then I paid attention to. Absolutely. And then there's the other one when they're on their final chorus and he does like a down, up, down, up. And it's, just th give the man another Tony for oh, this absolutely. movie. Mm -hmm. It's so good. He also, he and Frederick keep doing this thing where they like turn and touch foreheads and like sing really loudly into each other's faces, which is also extremely funny. Yeah. 
It's a great, it's, it's so much fun. And then there's one part that I have never noticed before, but we noticed it last night that like, there's like a little bit of musical interlude while they're moving from like, think up the verse to the chorus or something like that. So there's no singing happening. They're just like being loud. And you can hear somebody in the house say, <laughs> was it be quiet or like yeah. cut, <laughs> tone it down or something like that. Yeah. I don't remember what it is, but it's very funny. Take my word for it. RJ? I love immediately after the song and then just the lights slowly open. I and feel the... like you're eating your microphone right now. You're like... Re- <laughs> I just, me and Jinx, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, immediately after the song, the lights turn on in the house and it's like, is someone there? <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's so good. dumb. It's, yeah, so, it's dumb. so good. I'm like, oh, I must have heard... I think I heard something. You heard something, <laughs> yeah. And that, oh, yeah, because that's when the the Major General comes out and he's like, oh, it must have been the wind. <laughs> and then there's a whole song about the breeze and how yeah. beautiful the sky is. And then is. just like yeah. pirates just like either like underwater, like sinking, oh. or trying to like make sure they don't get seen. Or like even like Frederick and the Pirate King like against the like the front of the house. Like I don't remember if there was something on it that they were. And then like we pan out to the Pirate King. Uh, to, to the major general and then when we pan back and those two like i don't know if they were statues or something are gone and were replaced by frederick and the pirate king just very funny mm-hmm. there's also the bit in that number um oh let me play a little bit of sorry i hadn't played it yet because I, I mean we were all engrossed in molly's lyrical performance we'll just yeah, do one of the word perfect rendition do one of those fades yeah my classic adam showgaze fade The pirate creeps while all the There's a bit uh, that they do in this that I love. Anytime a movie, uh, not a movie specifically, but a musical, anything on stage does, where people are hiding from someone and the they're behind a thing and the person comes down stage, so obviously passes them. And then <laughs> they're like, I don't know where they are. And then they come out from behind it. Um, it's always funny. Uh, I always get a tickle from it. I think we did it in Twelfth Night. When when you guys hide behind the like flat the bo- trees or whatever the bo- yeah. boxwoods, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I just always think it's very funny. So they do it in this where he like comes down to dance and then they come out from behind the cows, which are like three different colors. Yes, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot happening with that whole sequence. Yeah. Um, I just want to say that my favorite line in the song is "A fly's foot falls would be distinctly heard." That one I know. I think that's very funny. The concept that it's mm-hmm. so quiet that now you could hear a fly walking around. Mm-hmm. It's, it it's is great. just I I w- again I wish I had the pamphlets because because they're screaming the words 
I mm-hmm. you can't get a sense of like, oh, what they're saying is actually supposed to be quiet and dainty because they're Watch absolute best with captions. Everything should be captioned forever. Yeah. Um, and then we really just move into the finale of of the show, mm-hmm. which is a long chase back into town. They interrupt a performance of HMS Pinafore. This is very specific to this film. This is not in yeah. the normal. There are like can't like chorus girls like, you know, running around doing chorus stuff. Doing chorus. Doing stuff. choral. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it ends with uh, the ev- evocation of the name of Queen Victoria, and mm-hmm. everyone stops fighting and peace. I love found. her statue, her like fountain statue. It's just like, oh, well, just another day of being me. Yeah, like, wouldn't you get bored of being queen after all those years? After a while, <laughs> very slouch. Another jubilee. <laughs> another <laughs> jubilee. I've done these before, fellas. It's not my first rodeo. <laughs> and that's it. That's and everyone gets married. Everyone gets I will married. Say, I, everyone I told, just gets in, into paired. a couple and then they dance around the fountain. And I told great. Adam, I was like, oh, is Ruth going to end up being the major general? And no, it was the, the chief the captain instead. Of captain of police. Oh, yes, the captain of the police. And Pirate King just is another one of the sisters, right, that he mm. ends up paired with. I don't think the major general has a pairing. He no, does not. He does not. No. He ends up just like... Leading everyone in the song. He has enough love in his life with his 12 daughters, approximately. Yeah. Something like Well, that. in my production, it was probably 46. But yeah. 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 <laughs> he was a fair aisle man. That was my one note. I wish there were more maidens, but I uh, completely understanding that, like, they, you know. Yeah, they probably could have exaggerated that more for this, yeah. for this movie, especially since it's the only part for any women in this whole Yeah. Show. Yeah. Um, I was telling RJ that I would love to see a performance of this where every group has both men and women in it, which I don't, yeah. doesn't necessarily make sense for the daughters because they're obviously supposed to be daughters, but why not? Who cares? I think it's I love it. They're dead. Great Who idea. cares? His kids. They're dead. Gilbert and Sullivan Gilbert are dead. Sullivan, yeah. And his parents. <laughs> right, Adam? Right. Good. Good. They're not lost. <laughs> Metaphorically. <laughs> Often that's true. Uh... Um, so I really honestly I couldn't find any full articles, um or I'm sorry, reviews um for this film, unfortunately. Um the only one I found was Bob Thomas from the Associated Press in nineteen eighty three. This is the full review. I'm reading the whole thing. Pirates of Penzance is not for everyone. <laughs> oh my god. Gilbert and Sullivan purists, beware. Rock fans, watch out. But for those who like a rollicking good show full of inspired silliness and performed in high style, by all means go. This is a slightly cinematic version of Joseph Papp's long-running Broadway production played against painted backdrops. But Wilfred Leach's fluid direction, he also wrote and directed the stage version, guarantees that this is a movie. The singing is full and rich, the casting inspired. Kevin Klein is brilliantly inventive as the Looney Pirate King, as are Angela Lansbury as Nurse, not her name, and George Rose as the triple-tongued Major General. Linda Ronstadt looks and sings like an angel, exhibiting an unsuspected coloratura soprano. Another pop singer, Rex Smith, makes an appealing Frederick. And Tony Azito, as chief of the Keystone Cops, dances bonelessly, a marvel to watch. (laughs) In times when even Disney films are rated PG, it is a pleasure to welcome an unashamed G. Yeah. Okay. He was 
Yeah. Was there some resentment about Disney putting out too risque of films <laughs> this year? So this is nineteen eighty three, so I believe like, in eighty um, two was the... Black Cauldron. Mm. Oh, which is like I... the darkest I like Black Cauldron, unpopular opinion. Yeah, that is an unpopular okay, great, great. <laughs> It's fine. To be um, fair, though, I haven't watched it since I was like nine, but I really Ilanwi, Princess Ilanwi, Iconic. Um, that's all I really have to say about that film, though. Tarn sucks. I um, like I like that he says the direction really makes sure that th- make sure that this is a movie. Yeah, like yeah, okay. guarantees that this is a movie. You're not just watching a yeah a, a, a recorded version of the musical which there was one there is a recorded yes. version like of a the Broadway pbs great performances oh, yeah. okay. right uh basically yes yeah. um and so i did actually own that in high school because mm. of the show um and it's great it's also great it's fun to see them do it on stage just to see mm-hmm. what the staging would look like but the people molly the plebeians mm-hmm. like rj and i myself mm-hmm. those who are below me those <laughs> those who can't reference their own doctoral thesis on the pod <laughs> and ask people to buy it um, just did buy it. Just said read just it. Just said read it. <laughs> so uh, D gave it five stars and says, take, Kevin Klein, take your clothes off. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. We're all in agreement. This is from Friggin, who gave it two and a half stars and said, I was in this show in sixth grade. I was a clergyman and I had no lines. I got scared off by the pirates and run off stage within the first two minutes. I went to every rehearsal. I have COVID-19 right, right now, by the way. <laughs> oh, my God. So he was in your production that you did? maybe you, you never in know high school, yeah you never know mm-hmm. um no we did not do the panto at the beginning of the clergy like the people running off stage it just starts i mean anything to fill in some of that overture mm. not when there's live musicians <laughs> it's those Boo. live musicians it's those high schoolers playing oh yeah you know, that's always uh, gorgeous. Oh, it's our always orchestra be- was actually iconic because one of our nuns um was a violinist <gasps> oh, in our orchestra cool. for all of our musicals yeah that's very cool. That's crazy. Sister Marie Therese. Um, which one was she in Sister Act? She, um, I would say it's like a little bit Alma and a little bit Sister Mary Roberts. It's like those two together. Okay. Oh, fun. Sure, sure. Fun, fun. fun. Um, and then Maya gave it four stars and says, this fucks. So. Absolutely. Great. I think my favorite part about Letterboxd is that because it's a fairly new app, all of these are like rewatches from the last like two years, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's fresh. Millennials and Gen Z fresh freshly like, what was this movie? I think in general, Letterboxd reviewers are very much typically cinephiles. Um, and so they don't leave a review unless it's like fresh in their mind. They're not going to yeah. be like, oh, I remember I watched rocky when i was 11 so now i'm going to comment on it as a 30 year old yeah or i watched black culture when i was nine and i remember liking it so i'll just take the opinion that the worst disney movie is actually pretty good just assume that i'll stand by it yeah molly i wrote a closer but we've been doing mvp before closer so oh, yeah we already did do a quick detour for mvp i said kevin klein at the very top and then you were like made fun of me because i didn't go straight into pirate king I, didn't, I didn't, was making didn't... fun of you not for that. I was making fun of you for having us all talk about Kevin Klein and then go, wait, 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 what do we all think of the movie in general before we were able to go to Pirate King? Off okay, Pirate King, Kevin Klein, MVP. RJ? Manuel Miranda? I'll say Linda Ronstadt as Mabel. Oh, interesting. I mean, I would have said, uh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll change it. I'll say Rex. 
for Frederick. Uh, Frederick. Great. Well, you're a fool. It's Kevin Klein. That's the only correct answer. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to make sure that we had a chance to all say that. Um, Great. Closer. Pick a pop culture figure to be the primary creative force behind, I don't know why I wrote between in this, primary creative force behind a 2002 revival of Orphan? We're going to do this again. (laughs) Pick a pop culture figure to be the primary creative force behind a 2022 revival of the genre of operetta. Uh, I think obviously the genre is a concept, honestly, not pirates, but like honestly, not pirates. I mean, like we're gonna do like a new, we're gonna do neo operetta. It's gonna be a new wow. thing that we're gonna like bring it out of its grave. It's gonna be a new hot ticket on Broadway. Who would you like to see come up with our new version of operetta? Honestly, I don't want him to be the sole creative force. Okay, I want him to don't be. Say it. I want him to be in the team. Don't say it. I think Aaron Sorkin. Uh, <laughs> you want him to be the lyricist. The lyricist. Don't don't direct. Would he be Mama, fun? Don't direct. He's not a good director. Mama. Would he be fun enough for operetta? That's why I'm saying he Can needs he to be fun? surrounded with like fun people. I mean, Sports okay. Night is a great comedy. Yeah. That was okay. his he show can before Westwood. He can write a good script. He just needs women to help to be involved or to around speak. him so that way the women yeah. are be real people great um, <laughs> um this is hard who would i want to bring back because it feels like the most important aspect of operetta is lyrics yeah and like you could Pamphlet. i mean like lynn i feel like is the is the obvious choice the obvious but... choice but I feel like there are other. I don't think he would there. do good operetta. Yeah, I feel like there are others that, like, when given the opportunity to challenge themselves, they could. Pull I think them. I think we should do more vibes than we should actual talent and skill at being a lyricist. Okay. Okay. Like Katy Perry is the creative force behind <laughs> operetta, kind of a, kind of a situation. This is our second reference to Katy Perry because on our Mamma Mia episode we said. Katy Perry music was the one that we were going to pick for. Okay, well, she was pretty famous, so I think two references to her in a podcast we've been doing for it's a year fine. is not exactly. I'm sick out of, of the it. Realm. I'm sick of talking about. Okay. Honestly, honestly, I'll I'll give it. Uh, let's do Lizzo. Because <gasps> yes. she would, she would have a she would have a great year for like you know orchestra because mm-hmm. the, fl- the, the flute, flute the, the flute, flute. and mm-hmm. I feel like her her like rap lyrics is like very fun. accessible and fun yeah. that could mm-hmm. be it fun romp of an operetta and Good. i think she would do it yeah i'm gonna also go big swing of like someone totally in a different genre and i'm gonna say hannah gatsby <laughs> of oh. Nanette. wow oh. that could yeah, be yeah, interesting yeah. that could be super interesting um okay okay um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, um, first name that comes to my mind. <laughs> Joseph R. <laughs> Hillary Rodham Clinton. <laughs> first of all, Joseph Robinette. <laughs> That's his middle name. Uh-huh. We love it. Um, no, I'd say Hunter Biden for sure. <laughs> Orphan. Bipartisan. A bipartisan. Don't say that, Adam. (laughs) Jesus. Oh my God. Hunter Biden with Don Jr. 
they come mm. together and, and just a, be like what a crazy world we lived in yeah. together huh? a, a biden trump production yeah yeah right the new gilbert and sullivan <laughs> biden trump i mean yeah but mm. actually give a real answer too <sighs> this is hard um just vibes just vibes just somebody vibes. who i think is funny um if 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 um what's his name oh, <laughs> hold, on, hold on hold perfect on hold on call. hold on hold yeah. on mm-hmm. uh he always does the musical uh sketches on yeah SNL. does he do it often orphan yeah yeah what is his name the musical you know sketches about? andy the, sandberg no the one not musical sketches but like music musical theater sketches the ones where they're like in a oh, diner john mulaney. oh john, john mulaney, mulaney. John mulaney. Yes. that's a that's, that's a brilliant a great, because yeah. he's very yeah. he loves wordplay he yeah. loves, very specifically likes picking specific words yeah so yeah john That'd mulaney would be great um i also think that genuinely if we were going to do this we would want neil patrick harris to be our lead in the first Whatever the first show was that was reviving the genre, I think mm, shoe in. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I guess. Sure. Oh, I guess is Neil Patrick Harris coming for your gig a little too much there, Adam? Are you not uh, <laughs> comfortable with me referencing Neil Patrick Harris? He stole my career, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was he was maybe about twenty years ahead of you in terms of getting into that career, considering Doogie Hauser. But sure. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. Um, or Darren Chris. He stole my career, so I don't yeah, know. I just, oh, yeah. I'm now okay, just yeah, referencing yeah, yeah. the other person. Yeah. That... Yep. Well. So I feel like we have to pick somebody that stole my career somehow, just so that we are all even then. Uh, mm. Sylvia Plath? <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, just um, barely beat me to the punch on that one. I think uh, Mary Curie, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Women who died tragically. Oh, my God. For their work. Uh, 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 La Traviata, yeah. No, honestly, sure, I yeah. what's her name? Who wrote Camp? Susan Sontag. Susan Sontag. Honestly, <laughs> it's absolutely Susan Sontag. Oh, that could have been your dissertation, but she already oh, wrote it. Oh. She already did it. Damn it. Damn it. Well, and you guys were neck and neck too. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, we were really like having a bit of a write-off, and she just barely published before me. Just minutes before. <laughs> minutes. Much like the 20th Century Fox releasing a pirate movie six months before Pirates have been there. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. Yeah. Very much the same vibes. Um, everyone watch Our Flag Means Death. And also everyone leave movie. a review. Send us an email. Please send me an email. <laughs> um, so we'll be expecting an email, you know, uh, September or I'm sorry, October 20th. <laughs> so uh-huh. we have another yeah. like six weeks of not having emails. <laughs> Great. Well, 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 you got me, gals. <laughs> you got me, gals. <laughs> um, I'm gonna take us out with my favorite song that's not in this movie. Okay, how beautifully blue the sky, the glasses rising very high. Continue, but I hope it may and yet it rained by yesterday, tomorrow, and before again. I hear the country wants some rain, yet people say, I know not why that we shall have a warm July tomorrow, and before again. I hear the country wants some rain, yet people say, I know not why that we shall have a warm July tomorrow, it may pour again. Thank you for listening to the best revival of a podcast, Showgaze. You can find us on social media. Adam is at Adam Noecker on Twitter. RJ is at RJ Food Rocks on Instagram. And Molly is at Molly Matiny on Instagram. This episode was edited and mixed by Adam Noecker. 
This has been an Ampliverse production. You can find our show page and more information at theampliverse.com. If you'd like to send us your own takes on the movie we just watched, reach out to us via email and we might read it aloud on the show. Our email is showgazemoviemusical at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to help others find the show. And now, as always, the show must go on. So stick around to hear what we're going to be watching next episode. Two options. You either follow my rules or follow my rules. Capiche? Thank you. I can do it a different way. No, that's, that's fine. Thank you very much. I just heard you play, and I wanted. It's pretty strange that we keep running into each other. Maybe it means something. I doubt it. Yeah, I don't think so. You could just write your own rules, you know, write something that's as interesting as you are. What are you gonna do? I have my own club. Is that gonna happen every time? I think so. to be a revolutionary if you're such a traditionalist. You're holding on to the past, but jazz is about the future. Maybe I'm not good enough. Yes, you are. Maybe I'm not. It's like a pipe dream. This is the dream. It's conflict and it's compromise. It's very, very exciting.